the show is beginning right now put on your glasses and your hats and take a seat as we talk with our guests <laughs> hello and welcome to tonight's show oh it's a, some messages may not be downloaded to messages you understand my phone is all backed up i'm not getting cell phone messages i was just telling my guests about my my ridiculous situation welcome welcome to tonight's show everybody we are here for an episode of what we used to call live pizza when the f- show first started it was live pizza and now it's just pizza punk that's what it is it's pizza punk pizza punk is our interview show um both of these guests actually my lord are these our first two no that's not true because we had uh uh loki returned a couple times and uh joe joe has been on the show a few times and we've had robbie a few times um so these are not our first two reoccurring guests but they are reoccurring guests they've both been on separate shows neither one of them has been on pizza punk though batman has good hands batman has good hands what a weird what a weird phrase batman has good hands from aa nonetheless um these guys are in a band called voice of doom and they are just one of those wonderful DIY entities that are just out there. They've been around in, in various incarnations for a while. And, um, you know, they played. I got to see them live. at they did, We did that, that Lodi VFW show. It was a wonderful grassroots community sort of thing. It was the, uh, the, joint, uh, the joint baby of both John of Doom as well as uh, Robbie Bloodshed. Um, and it was just, it was a wonderful event. We got to meet a lot of people that were, uh, you know, uh, that sort of congregate around this, whatever the show and this channel and whatnot. And, uh, we had a really great time. They put on a, a killer set. They have fog machines and, um, the music is loud and ferocious and they do, uh, they treat their misfits covers with such tender, loving care. And, um, uh, the 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 lead singer has uh, all the tenacious ferociousness of a Wolverine uh, fused together with the gracefulness of a ballerina. But I say that in in the best way possible. In the best way possible. It's wonderful. What's up, Walter White from New Zealand is in the house. We have um, we have Rue Morg in the comments, of course. And um, without further ado, let's bring out Voice of do yeah. oh i love it promise i love it i love it <laughs> right stick it dot com. yeah whoa whoa i'm loving this right now everybody's eating pizza wearing shades and hats gentlemen <laughs> what's I, going load on load i load i pizza. Load, load I pizza. that's all john load i pizza how are we going to call you guys? Just do. I'm going to call you Doom and Steel or John and John. John of Steel, he only knows how to say the word Lodi. That's what he's going to say the whole night. Lodi, 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 Lodi. You ever call Lodi? Hey, pizza? John. That's how they answer the phone. Lodi. <laughs> that is. You're, you're right. You're right about that. Guys, how are you guys doing tonight? What's going on? We're tired. Long day. Rough Suffering day work, from but... insomnia. Um, oh yeah for real uh, like for real for real yeah pretty much yeah it's crazy man 
That is crazy. pandemic hit, I think. I, I don't know what's going on, but because you work from home. Yeah. Your sleep schedule's whacked out. You gotta get out of the house once in a while. That'll do it. You That's gotta right. get out of the house. You gotta go for you know, I go for walks. Yeah. I go for walks and you know. That's really nice. Sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll go, I'll go and I'll listen to some podcasts on my walk. And um, it's just a great way to sort of rebalance my mind. Oh, oh, actually, John, I have a great suggestion for you. I don't know if it'll work for insomnia, but let me tell you, let me actually tell you about this. I'm going to tell you about this. I was having a lot of trouble sleeping. I don't know why. Probably a, a combination of dealing with like emotional turmoil as well as well, just a bunch of things. I got myself a weighted blanket. Actually, my mm. mother bought me a weighted blanket. She bought mm. me. She had a weighted blanket. She said, and she's, you know, she's a Jewish mother. God bless her. You want a weighted, you want to, you want a weighted blanket? It's really great. Blah, 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 blah. And I said, mom, of course. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mom, I'll take a weighted blanket. So she bought me a weighted blanket. It's not, you know, it was, it was a very nice gift. And let me tell you something. I didn't understand. Like, what is a weighted blanket? It's simply a blanket that's filled with pockets of sand like a quilt, right? So I go to sleep first night, weighted blanket, put the weighted blanket on me, 25 pounds this weighted blanket is, okay? Wow. They, they go from 15 to 25 pounds. I'm, you know, I don't know how what my weight is, but I'm definitely more portly than, say, maybe <laughs> it was. <laughs> portly is a nice way of putting it. In any case. Well, Brandon was portly. Okay, oh, well, thank you. Okay, so now portly. you make me feel better. You make me feel better. You make me feel better about myself. Um. I put the weighted blanket on me and I got to tell you, I sleep like a baby. And when mm -hmm. I say I sleep like a like it's crazy. I can't watch a show in bed anymore because I put the blanket on me and my eyelids physically start to get heavy and I pass out. I didn't take any pills. I didn't drink any tea. I didn't drink any NyQuil, nothing. It's just a simple weighted blanket. There's something about the weight of the blanket on my body that makes me feel really good, really yeah. secure. And I like I the get, idea of them. Let me tell you something. Sometimes, sometimes, wait for them to go check, keep, look on Amazon, wait for them to go on sale, pull the trigger. I'm telling you, sometimes I will get less sleep. Like instead of seven hours sleep, maybe I'll get four hours of sleep, but I sleep with that weighted blanket. Doesn't it I make you hot like though? Doesn't it? Doesn't it? Because I like to be extremely cold when I sleep. Doesn't it make you too warm? So here's the thing, John. Here's the thing. What's the, what's the right. trick? It, it does make you a little hot. So you got to A, either sleep wearing very, very little. That's number one. But number two, I always put my feet out of the blanket. Ooh. I have my feet completely exposed. I don't Ooh. care if any monsters from under the bed like grab my feet. I'm, I'm, I'm a 36-year-old man. I shouldn't worry about those sort of things. Um, <laughs> the, no, no. I just I, I, I don't have my feet under. You know what's weird? When your feet are exposed, your whole body feels cooler in bed i don't know i find that i don't know about you guys yeah so. but do they have misfits uh branded weighted blankets <laughs> i don't know but i imagine it'd be more expensive than what a, than how much a weighted blanket costs it's it's uh but i'll tell you something i'll tell you something it is abs it's something that i don't think i could ever live without now hmm. and um it's just a non-invasive way of 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 trying to go go to sleep without there you go Linus. you know I'm gonna try it. There you go, Linus. You're secure. I'm just blanket. saying, if you, if you, if if it's really starting to weigh on you, 
uh, use a weighted blanket and see see if that maybe that will. I'm going to come over and out. try yours first. <laughs> okay, we'll get into bed. We'll we'll cuddle and we'll watch uh, we'll, we'll watch uh, Twins of Evil or something. No, you know what you do? Cuddle. You go to the sleep store. You go to the sleep store and you try one out. Try it out. Say, hey, let me try out the weighted mm. blanket. And if you fall asleep in the store, then it's sold. <laughs> I I would imagine so. Nice. I would imagine so. Um, so there's that. And I got to tell you, listen, I'm going to change gears on you for a minute. I, I noticed this, you know, news today is very confusing and convoluted. I never know what to believe. I don't know if you guys can correspond, uh, cor- can, can corroborate this. Um, do you guys have, do you guys have problems with the Pope or something? What's up with you guys and the Pope? You guys, the you Pope, guys. Uh... Yeah, no, he had something horrible oh, to say. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, what's wow. up with that? What happened? Well, this, hey. Yeah, it's breaking news. Uh, he must have listened to, uh, read the lyrics and decided yeah. uh, Well, it was very anti-Catholic uh, Church. <laughs> What's it to me? Be banned by Pope. <laughs> why, I, I just don't understand why he would do this. Yeah. It just More makes importantly, no sense to me. Matt he doesn't have a sense of humor. With elite forces. He doesn't have a yeah. sense of humor. No, I, I guess not. Right. I, but this, I mean, listen, the only news I read at this point is the weekly world news. So if it was printed there, it's got to be true. It's got to be true. Yeah. 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 And mo- more importantly, who's leaving cans on uh, who's leaving beer cans on the moon? <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, what what the what the hell is that? I don't get what the hell is that? I, that I just don't understand it. I, I don't I don't get it. I, I don't get it. But you know what? I say, I say we laugh in the face of the Pope and, uh, you know, the, if we're going to stick it to the Pope, let's stick it to him. Right. I think the the way that you can do that is you got to go to, uh, uh, pyrethic victory records. Pyrrhic victory. I can't say that word. You're going to have to Pyrrhic. say it for me. I just Pyrrhic victory. terrible with it. Just say PBR. Let's take a look. You're good. PPR. Well, we can head over PBR. to PPR and we could stick it to the Pope. PVR. This is what you do. <laughs> look. You go to PVR, not PPR. You go, we'll go to releases. You go to releases right here, right? Oh, crap. Why is my system messing up Take here? Take off your pants. <laughs> Damn. Joe, yeah, Joe Pugsley wants me to take off my pants. I think that's rather inappropriate, Joe. <laughs> Mine are already <laughs> off, Joe. <laughs> Take off your pants and stick it to the Pope with your PPR. <laughs> <laughs> now we got a lot of stuff on here. Tell me a little bit about the label. We've we've talked about it a little bit in the past, but tell me a little bit more. Like what's going on with the label lately, you guys? Constantly churning out music. New scary I hours. I could see that. New scary hours, new VOD. Look at that. There's there's VOD right there. Let me okay. Give me give me five records you would recommend <clears throat> off of PVR besides all of them. Obviously, the answer is all of them. But give me give me five off the top of your head that you think people should go and check out on PVR. That's a loaded question. Is it? Um, so right, I'm going mean, to pick. I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick. Ready? You pick. <laughs> I'll okay, be honest so- with you. I, I haven't heard every single record on PVR, so I can't okay. tell you exactly what to recommend. My, I would be, you know, they're all good. Huh? I'm, that Bug Martin is really good. This um, uh, Alpha D, whatever, that's really good too. 
they're all good artists. They're if you want, you if you if you want diversity, like Han yeah. said, Bug Martin. Okay. Okay. Get that a Bug 65's Martin. Sixty-five's record's really good. The white one there with the, the. Get a Bug Martin. Get a Sixty-five's. Get a VOD. Get a Galanos, <laughs> and get a Scary Hours. You've got right. five diverse diver, diverse records right there. I'm gonna pick based on album cover. As someone who's who's only listened to Voice of Doom, I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick uh based solely on album cover. Right off the bat, I'm gonna go with our friend Tony, Tony Matura riding the secret yeah. subway. That's number one. Because I like the way Tony has his arms crossed there. <laughs> okay. Number two, uh definitely the cost of living, scary hours. Love Great this Great love one. this album cover. Um, it's really upsetting, uh, but also like sardonic, <clears throat> I guess, maybe a great little bit. one. Great record. Um, I'm going to pick voice of doom. What, tell me more about the picture in this album cover here. I, I love this. Explain this to me. You know, I learned like a month ago that some other band used that same exact image. I couldn't believe it. Son of a bee. I know. Of a bee. Luck, uh, I'm not sure who came first, but luckily they're a little more obscure than us. So. Did but what is the image of it? Looks like a seance. It's a, yeah, like a vintage uh, seance image. This picture is like a hundred years old. Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. And what about the font that you use for Voice of Doom on that? Is that is that a proprietary font, or is you you just found that and we're like, yeah, it's a great font. That was the uh, same font as Black Sabbath's Born Again. <laughs> Get oh, out of here. Yeah, there's always. Some yeah, little some subversive, in. yeah, subversion. Um, I'm gonna pick Personality Crisis by the 65s. I'm guessing that's a cover, yep, yep. Dolls, oh, obviously. look at this one, Cousin of Death. What's the what's the idea behind this album cover? It's very simple, it looks like a book of some kind. Can you explain that? No, okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, it's fair uh, enough. I, I'm not allowed to talk about it. Okay. I, I, I respect <clears throat> that. And the last one I'm going to pick is the scary hours live to serve. Great record. I, I just like the gummy letters. Whoever, I mean, this looks like it was photographed and not Photoshopped. And I just love, you know, that's a lost art in this day and age. The, uh, the, the, like the photographed album cover, everything is Photoshopped uh, for obvious reasons. I mean, who has a budget to do a photo shoot for your album cover? Joe you and I have a budget. That Live to Serve record might be the best album in the catalog. It's is it, really, is it really? It's so good. Is it really? Really yeah. good. Okay. So, you hear that, people? Scary Hours, Live to Serve. I'm definitely going to check that out. Based on your recommendation, I'm going to check that out. It's not what you for expect. Sure. And as you can see, the link was in the comments. I'm going to put it. I'm going to put put it over here. Again, guys, go just go explore the store. There's a lot of there's a lot of interesting music. It's just you you don't see. I mean, what a what a you, you don't see record labels doing stuff like this in terms of just putting out diverse, interesting bands across the board. You know, it's really nice. Across the it's world. Really nice. Across the world, exactly, exactly. How many countries uh, uh, are represented by PVR? Do you know off the top of your head? Well, United States, obviously, uh, France, mm -hmm. and VOD did have the one split with the German label, so you can put Germany in there. Okay, 
I don't know where else. I think that might be it. Uh, Joe will probably mm. chime in if, there, if there's more, if I missed one. That's all I can think he'll of. Let us know. He, yeah, he'll he let will, us know. He will let us know. He will let us know. Um, what's currently on the agenda for Voice? We're just going to get the Voice of Doom stuff out of the way. What's currently on the agenda for Voice of Doom as of as of late? Shows, recordings, anything? What's what you got yeah, going on? Two shows uh, within the next half a year. <laughs> we we don't play out much. One uh, definite one one definite years. one tentative. Um, the definite August, one is in uh, August. Uh, Delaware, nice. the horror punks USA guys. Very cool. Very uh, cool. Putting on a show in Delaware, and then the uh, Bowery Electric in October, October 9th. I love the Bowery. Bower, Bowery. Bow. I can't Bowery. say that word. Bowery. My, my buddy Bowery. Uh, Drew Stone hooked us up. Oh, did he? I, I actually, I'm working with him on on a, a coffee table book. Of Are you really? Hundreds. Possibly thousands. I mean, edited down to hundreds of images, photographs, never before seen. 1977, London, you name it. Billy, I, you know, Generation X, Susie and the Banshees, uh, X-ray specs, images, Adam and the Ants. I mean, never seen before. This guy has literally thousands of uh, Chrome's uh, negatives that we scanned. And uh, wait, wait, wait. Drew Stone does, or yeah, some guy. It, it Drew's dad's cameraman back in the day just wow. was in london at the time shot every show and just never and just put him in a drawer in a, yes. in, a in a in a closet somewhere until he just gave him to drew uh, wait a minute wait a minute was there wait wait a minute this is bands yeah All i've shows. read about this i've read about this guy i've you're working oh, on that he, i've read he, about this he moved to a South America, he'd like retired, and he's like, you know what, Drew, your dad really hooked me up in my career. Uh, I'm passing this on to his son, you. You know. Okay, okay. Wait yeah. a minute. Wait a minute. I, maybe I'm wrong about this. I'm pretty sure I read about this on a photo, like a photo blog that I follow, and he's just a dude who shot thousands and thousands of rolls of film of every band you could imagine. Some of them he didn't even label, and then what happened was. The article yeah. was talking about how like Kodak or somebody there's there's like subsidizing of getting this stuff developed because you need it, it costs a lot of money to get all this stuff developed. And this guy wrote into a foundation or something and was like, look, I got all these rolls of film. I'm never I can't afford to get them develop, developed. What can you do? And so there be it's all getting developed. Is this the same Project? Uh, no, this guy had contact sheets and and all the the, the uh, negatives already. Okay, so they weren't necessarily images. Uh, they nothing needed to be developed. I don't think. Okay, interesting. Be. That is no. Hey, that yeah. is really cool. I can't wait to hear more about it. Is there a tentative title of the name of this book, or is it just sort of is that all in the book? Uh, no, not yet. It's being designed now. And, uh, and what is it that are you are, are you just like because you're kind of like a meticulous archivist? Uh, are you archiving? Are you doing your Photoshop layout stuff? Like, what is your involvement? If you can say yeah, what it is, I'm re retouching all the photos. And uh, wow, yeah, meticulously, and wow. they look phenomenal. Uh, you, it's going to blow people away. Never I'm, seen before. 
And, and what, so what goes into a process like that on a digital level, you're scanning it in. And then what is it that you're looking for when you're, when you're trying to touch it up or do something with it? Well, you want nice contrast, you know, not plugged up shadows cause you're going to print with inks. So it can't be plugged up or it can't be blown out. You need some kind of tone to hold the ink dot, you know, and, uh, I convert that. I don't want to bore everybody, but you convert it to a, like a long range black. So it doesn't print with a, like a pink or a green hue. You want it nice right. and rich black. Uh, right. So I'm, I'm cleaning all the schmutz out of, out of all the scans. You know, it, it's a lot of work. There's a lot of images. Mm. So. Uh, Robbie bloodshed can't wait. And Joe Pugsley says you're retouching meticulously. <laughs> <laughs> He's blowing it out is what's being said. <laughs> I'm sensing some innuendo here. <laughs> I'm and sensing I will see some you, innuendo. Robbie, Friday night. <laughs> uh, that's right. Robbie Bloodshed is going on tour, everybody. And uh, he's got his tour routing is is uh, something that's going to it's going to be a challenge. But Robbie has uh, a lot of burning passion. He'll make it happen. He's playing all the way out to the Midwest. Go check it out. Go check out what Robbie is up to. And uh, yeah, this Friday, it, where is it? What's the first show, Robbie? Give it. Let us know in the in the thing, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll put that it's up on there. Our, it's on Houston. It's a, a club called the, the Late Late, right near uh, Cass's Deli. You know, is that a new place? I think so, but it, I, yeah, it's probably changed names a bunch of times. You know, but uh, I just walked past it the other day just to see where it was exactly. You know, it's so sad. There's like, I feel like there's just so few clubs in Manhattan in general to play now. Like, mm. it's just really oh, yeah. hard to play Manhattan if it's just like a little club date as opposed to like, you know, a, maybe like a larger venue, you know? Yep. Um, want to get back got... to VOD? Sorry? Are we getting back to Voice of Doom at some point? You said you wanted to get it out of the way. Yeah. I mean, let, let's, I'm, well, we were talking about the Bowery show. And that that brought me to the back. That brought us to the Bowery Electric, and I was thinking the new about CD is last. Oh yes, right. The new CD. Tell us more about that. Let's hear it. Well, the live thing kind of got pushed to the side for now. Right. Um, don't really want to get into it. It's boring. But the live stuff is on hold for various reasons. Blah blah blah. The studio stuff was supposed to be side four of the live record because the record is called Alive Again and we kind of based it off of Kiss Alive 2 with, you know, three live sides and one studio side. Wow. But that got that got held up. So we said, you know what, we had all this other stuff finished. What the hell is that? Sorry. <laughs> we had all the other stuff finished. So, you know, Hyman and I were talking one day and he's like, he's like, you know, why don't we just put this out now? And I'm like, yeah, you know what? It's 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 time. Let's just get it out there because we we've been sitting on it for a while. It was done a while ago, so that's it. So that you know, and plus nowadays, I know Jeff, you and I talked about this, and I hear people talk about it all the time. People get bored with a lot of stuff. So what is it? Six songs in like twenty minutes or something? That's a gr that is the perfect. That's a yeah. People's attention hold people's attention. The first thing on the record isn't even really a song. It's just like a 30 minute intro, which we also have. Whoa, 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 whoa. 30, 30 Pause. seconds. Pause. 30, 30, sorry, 30 minute intro. Oh, 30 seconds. <laughs> I was like, 30, whoa. 30, 30 second <laughs> intro. You've lost me. I'm out. 
30 minutes. 30 second <laughs> intro for the live stuff. It's called the, the first song is called the live again. It's not even really a song. It's a 30 right. second intro. It's an intro track. Yeah. Right. And so there's then after that is five songs with one cover and it's, it's perfect. It, it comes in perfectly. It, it's very diverse. Yeah. Some faster stuff, mm-hmm. you know, some mid tempo, some tempo change type stuff, kind of the way we've been going along now. And you're in and out, you know, in a ride to work or something. So it's kind of, you know, I, we, I'm very happy with it. I think it came out really well. I just want to say that I think like 20 minutes of music is like the perfect amount. As as Chris Farley says in the very famous Fresher Pepper sketch from Saturday Night Live, why thank you, Pepper Boy. That is the perfect amount of pepper it's the perfect <laughs> amount <laughs> that is a that great a sketch impression. that's a good sketch um it's the perfect amount of music man just get me in get me out i'll tell you one of my favorite records right now i don't know if you guys are familiar with the band dark thoughts i was talking about them the other day they have 12 songs in 18 minutes and i have li- you know i'll listen to that record three times in an hour I just mm. love it so much. You know what I mean? Like it just over and over and over again. I think there's something too. It's like, hey, we don't need an hour of music. Just have a sizzling 20 minutes of music and mm. then have your the listener flip, you know, start the record over and mm. want to listen to it again mm. and again and again. So I think well, that hopefully was, that's what happens. And, and it was a happy accident. It was a happy accident. I think. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And it's my understanding that Kiss Alive too is like, amongst kiss fans that's like the the gold the golden like goose am i wrong is that like everybody loves kiss alive too yeah it's, it's beloved it's, i i prefer kiss bigger. alive the first why one. I, I prefer the why no 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 why why can't well john i'm sorry john Steele, finish what you were saying before i answer why to heim's uh question go ahead um well i okay kiss alive too is probably where a lot of people like me, that was it for us, for Kiss. Once after that came Dynasty. And, you know, like me, I was out at that point. So that's that's where I end with Kiss. So a lot of, I've always felt like that was, they reached the, the peak and that was it. I love the album. I just prefer the first Alive album better because I just like those songs better. Gotcha. My and Haim, why is that? Why is that for Kiss fans? What you were um, about? I, I think it was like the pinnacle of their, the height of their success. You know, it was mm. they were they were the biggest band in the land at that point. Mm. And and I've read lots of things online that people just can't say anything bad about that record. You know, it it, it was a uh, you know the crowd noise is like really high <laughs> in the mix, so it sounds like really super exciting. And uh, and of course, side four has all new studio tracks which were great tracks mm. so it had a little of everything you know um <laughs> was I, I have i have a question i i have a question is so is kiss 2 or is kiss alive 2 also a um is that also like i know that kiss alive is not really live right or like maybe just the drums are this is like the secret the secret truth about a lot know. of live yeah. records, a lot of they, overdubs. And, yeah, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, but same thing on the live too. It's not all completely live either. There's right, a lot that's of what I'm asking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, both records were not totally 100. percent And I've, 
I've seen interviews with Paul Stanley where he's admitted that, you know, overdubs and right. shit like that and, uh, you know, guitars out of tune and whatever else. So, you know, but when we were 10, 11 years old, we didn't know that. Right. You know, so to us, it's live. We hear it as a live record. Ramon's yeah. alive. R- 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 no, Ramon's "It's Alive" is yeah. also uh, a studio record. Mostly. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, just the drums, supposedly. Just allegedly. the drums were alive, and everything else was overdubbed. Uh, allegedly, it and wouldn't, su- wouldn't surprise me. And you know who else admitted to a local live? Uh, uh, Marky Ramon has admitted that local live is almost completely in the studio. Oh, you know, really? that's that's yeah. interesting because I saw the Ramones and actually played with them open for them three times during that time period. Yeah. And, and then saw them as well. So that, if that was in the studio, it was really, really good because it sounded like I remember seeing them live, hearing them live sounded like local live like that. I like, I felt like I was there because I had just seen them. You know that's I mean? a testament. That's definitely so a testament to the recording If that was process. done in the studio, if that was fixed up in the studio, you know, they did a great job of, of making it seem like it was live because the shows that I saw and Heim was was there for one or two of them, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So th- they they sounded like that on the record. So that was great. Now, what's interesting and that I believe it's it's been quoted, it's been said that is the that was the fastest the band ever would get. They got really fast when they lost Marky the first time and they brought in uh, Richie Ramon. And then Richie Ramon took them up to a whole nother like tempo or pace. And then when I don't know when they, they recorded local live in 90, 89, maybe mm, more like 91 or two. I think it came out. So at that point, alleged, I don't know where I remember reading this, that this was the peak speed of the Ramones. The Ramones mm. were never faster than no. on local live. Correct. Yeah. You would agree with that. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That, that was, they, they just, they knocked it up speed wise and that was it. They stayed there. Now here's an interesting question. And I'd love to hear both of your guys' opinion on this. We, we've talked on this channel a lot about, you know, Joey's voice changes. I love both. First of all, do I want to ask both of you, do both of you guys prefer one Joey's style, Joey's early style versus Joey's later style of singing. Mm. And two, what do you think was responsible for that change in Joey's singing? Well, I, I, I know what you're saying, but it, to me, it was pretty subtle. I mean, I, and I think just age aging, you know? Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, we could talk about Glenn's vocals from yeah. <laughs> ah. 77 till now, you know, I mean, things that, things change also his health his health got yeah. some health issues you know That's that could that could have done it i don't really see that big of a change in his voice except that maybe the way maybe the songs got his delivery more... man no he he's his delivery changes his phrasing changes i think personally i think it might be the speed of the songs i think the songs just got so fast well, uh, if you're talking about the live stuff from like local yeah. live he was he was basically spitting out the words he wasn't i'm i'm talking about studio records oh oh, I oh think, i'm so sorry i should clarify i am I referring to voice, live I i'm talking about voice live. got better i think he joey ramon to me one of the best vocalists in rock music oh, without a doubt a lot of people Agreed. don't realize it 
Yep. But he had a great voice, and I think yeah. he got better going forward. You know, his his he definitely became a better singer. But live, trying to catch his breath, right? The songs got faster. He's not giving it all probably that he could, just trying to keep up with it. So that delivery definitely changed. But at that point, the Ramones are so iconic. I don't really think it mattered. He could have just stood up there and. I'm you a know, big fan. I like. Anything. I, I, first of all, I was just to clarify. I was not talking about studio. I was referring to live uh-huh. only. That's number one. Number two, I love the way he's singing later live. I think it's very interesting. I think there is a change. I think there's a drastic change. I think all of those factors you said make sense. His health. The songs are getting faster. He, uh, Joe said that he figured out how to sing. I, I do. I think he figured out how to like, you know, phrase things differently or was more economical in certain instances. I'm sure Heim as Heim being a vocalist himself knows, you know, about like having to conserve breath or like whatever it is, you know, when you're trying to, you know, you got uh, your voice is an instrument too. you got to pace yourself. You got to make sure you don't blow it out. Right. Heim, mm-hmm. would you yeah. agree with any of those? Also, yeah. don't forget one thing as time went on, the Ramones worked with, bigger producers you know daniel ray yep um uh what's his name uh, phil specter yep a lot of these people that came down the line knew he had a great voice probably coached him i don't know on on how to use his voice more melodically you know whereas tommy was tommy was you know a good producer but maybe he wasn't as in tune to stuff like that as other people may have been you know um, that's my that's my opinion. You know, a good producer will come in and producer's job is to come in and get the best out of or best performances out of you. One of his jobs, um, so that that could be a factor of it too. Is, yeah, but is, you're, you're right. The, the speed of the live shows eventually uh, didn't allow his voice to breathe. You know, exactly. He couldn't heart. You know, he couldn't really. Does anybody know why up. they decided to do that? I'm just curious. Does, I mean, because I don't know. I never heard any reason why they specific. Was it just to like fit more songs in, or because they were tired of that tempo? What? Mm-hmm. Oh, speed. I, my yeah, only to guess, like double their speeds at some point. You know. I, yeah. I'll tell you what I think. Interesting it was. choice. I'll tell you what I think it was. I think it was the common. I think it was two other factors. Factor number one: changing of drummers. When Richie comes in, and I think Richie was just a, a faster drummer. Plus, Marky at Marky at the end, he was just an. I mean, he was he, he was uh, you know uh, booze. He was really into booze, which probably didn't help his performance on some level. Even if he even if he was still solid, it, it probably was diminishing returns on that. Uh, so now Richie comes in the band. Richie plays so fast, and then that probably in turn informs Johnny, who's the kind of the band leader, right? He's in the sense of like like boss and everybody around or telling what everybody what to do that informs that and then here's the last element competition the ramones especially johnny ramone were always in competition with the mm-hmm. other bands and so now he's going we're not going to i mean they're we're not going to play harder than these bands but we sure as shit can play faster than them and yeah. it's true that's they probably could. a big factor, yeah. Right? Like the, the it's an interesting go. point. It's an interesting point, but but I, I did hear some live stuff with Clem Burke. Yeah. Elvis Ramon playing. Yeah, Elvis Ramon, just for two shows. Yeah, was not was definitely he wasn't the right drummer for the Ramones, obviously. Wasn't the right wasn't the right fit. But 
as far as as far as Marky goes, uh, like I, I said, when I opened for them, three shows. Yeah. One one two shows. Marky was spot on. Mm. One show he was not, and and if you're gonna play that fast, he's got to hold it all together. Right. He didn't. One show he just listen. Bad night. Everybody has it. He just sure. didn't have it that night, and you could, and it wasn't as when it was perfect. It was like a freight train. Forget it. Nobody could touch him. You know. Nobody. But he was he was wonky that night. I'll put it that way. Here's you a know. funny story. My, my girlfriend, when she was a teenager, and a, and a friend of hers was were outside a Ramon show, and uh, who they thought was Marky Ramon. He said, uh, "Hey, you girls want to hang out? Like come in the van and stuff, right?" And they were like, "Yeah, right." You know. And he goes, "Actually, I'm not Marky. I'm his twin brother." And they were like, "Ah, <laughs> yeah, right." We know it's you, Marky, you know, and they fucking went home and they, and they heard, they found out that he does have a twin brother. <laughs> Get out twin of brother. here. <laughs> he, listen, when he returned, obviously, and all the way up until even now, I mean, he's, I mean, he's like a machine gun. He's just unreal. He's, uh, Marky Ramon is an unreal drummer. He's very a, underrated, he's a, very underrated drummer. Unbelievably, unbelievably, like the strength that he has in his wrists you know, because yeah, he's not really that fast for so long. But what's interesting and Bill Stevenson from the Descendants and Black Flag is like this, too. I think these guys, they're power hitting, but they're not doing it with their arms. They're not. It's all in they're the not boombastic, man. It's all in the wrist. It, it's all in the wrist. It's mm -hmm. power. They're power playing with their wrist. And mm -hmm. Bill Stevenson, who's so he has no frills. He's not Give me my favorite drummer of all time. Oh, just Heim. I dude, I'm with you on that. He's just. Yeah. I could sit and watch Bill Stevenson play for hours. And when flag came to Irving Plaza, that's exactly what I did. I wasn't watching Keith Morris. I wasn't watching Des or anybody. I, my eyes were fixed on Bill Stevenson, just, just so powerful and so precise with his hits. So technical, yeah. Oh, <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable drummer. Just doesn't move any part of his body except his head back, his that's, head that's nods. Right. Yeah, yeah. He does his head nod, and then his arms will move a little bit, and then <laughs> all does the an power. impression of him. Yeah, <laughs> and then all the power in is in the wrist. Yeah. Just unreal, un, uh, un freaking real. Um, but that's interesting. That's 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 really that's really kind of. Uh, that's uh, kind of profound. It's just one of those. What uh, again? Musicians that are just not uh, appreciated for for their gifts. In well, that he, kind of way. Stevenson has always been one of my favorites too. Um, he's he's got a very interesting style. Economical mm -hmm. symbols mm -hmm. really low. You mm -hmm. know, snare drum really high. He's he's got it. What, Frankenstein played at the Warp Tour with Descendants and Social Distortion with the two headliners. And I got to stand right behind Bill Stevenson. Wow. And and to see his movements. But don't forget, Stevenson in the descendants, everything he wrote, he was part of the song writing. So he wrote around right. that style, you know. Um the so either he wrote the songs or the songs were, you know, arranged with him. So very highlighting of his style. In Flag, he took those songs and made them his. Which, in my opinion, is that is a great musician to be able to play. You listen to the live flag stuff with with uh, Keith Morris and and Stephen Edgerton and stuff. Same songs that were on Damaged. Listen to Robo playing, and now listen to Stevenson playing them. Stevenson has made the songs his own style. 
you know, same songs, but just come across differently with his drumming. My opinion. And he's, he's paying homage to Robo in a lot of ways, but you can tell it's Stevenson. That's what makes him great. In my opinion. Now, here's my question for you both. Did you guys see when, when, when we had the dueling flags in 2013, <laughs> did you see, did you I see think I was at the same show as you Irving Plaza? I saw a flag with TSOL and, and flag. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So were, and Jerry, Uncle Jerry was there. Jerry only was there. That's right. And um uh in full regalia, uh probably because of Des. Uh did you guys also see Black Flag on when they were touring when they came to town? No. No. I saw some live videos, it was awful. I saw some live videos too, and it was awful. And here's what's interesting. Everybody says, and we cover this extensively in our in our black flag uh beef dramas videos. Um, but Everybody says that Greg Ginn is Black Flag. And I'll tell you something. After seeing Flag, I think that it, it just goes to show you that even if you're like the founder and sole songwriter and yada, 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 if you don't have the heart of your band with you, then it doesn't matter because all those other guys, they were the heart of the band. And that's why people always chose Flag over Black Flag, I think. Yeah. Oh, don't you know. forget, don't forget Dukowski. I mean, you know, his Dukowski is the yeah. heart, the nucleus. Without a doubt. I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta have Dukowski. Right. You know? Um, you know, what's funny is, is Edgerton obviously was a, was a Greg Ginn fan, mm -hmm. but I don't know his name off the top of my head, but the guitar player of Blast, also a huge Greg Ginn disciple I thought that he would have been perfect. Jeff, are you mm. familiar with Blast at all? In I'm California? not. I'm. I am not at all. Blast. What okay. is something I should listen to? Give me a. Give me a record. Uh, recommend. Better yet, yeah, text it to me after the show because I will forget. Okay. Text it but to here's, me for real. I'll, I'll listen to it. Blast has. Blast was definitely a, a a child of of Black Flag. Um, they came out in the '80s. They were on SST. Okay, oh, and they've kept the same singer. And guitar player. Now the latest I saw was Nick Oliveri was playing bass. Okay, know him from the Dwarves. And Joey Castillo playing drums. Mm. Okay, guitar player. Okay. Guitar player. Sit, plays the same uh, guitar as Gin. Okay, plays the Dan Armstrong clear. Right, the clear acrylic singer. You know, totally doing the Rollins thing. Bald head, big guy. Uh. The Power of Expression, which I believe is their first album, is my favorite one. I'll text it to you. But Edgerton was great. I think the guitar player of Blast would have been better in that situation because he was a lot more raunchier. If you hear it, you'll, you'll know what I mean. Okay. G Greg Ginn, over the years and the videos that I saw, just totally, like, like once he started doing, once he cleaned up his guitar tone and started doing that, that later stuff, and I, I love... Stevenson, and I know Heim's going to hate me for saying this, but I just cannot stand Kira playing bass with Blag. How dare you? Dukowski, Dukowski, and, Ginn, you? Dukowski and Ginn together, that to me, that's Flag. And that's it. You know, uh, it would make total sense to me. You see those live Flag videos, they're still going for it. Dukowski, even at his age, is still going. Keith Morris, what a voice at in his 60s blowing it out like he was you know 20 years old again okay i think off is one of the greatest bands to, to come out and, and and i have not listened same, to same example off. 
Hey, well, Rue, Rue Morick, could you handle that? Could you handle but that, Rue Morick, if you know stuff, what I'm talking about? The Black Flag stuff is just yeah. delivered so wimpy sounding. I'm amazed that Ginn let that happen. But What, later again, on? You mean later on? The later Black Flag, you know, oh Black my God. Flag. You know, there's it's no balls to goofy. it. There's it's no just balls goofy. to it. Oh, my Lord. It's like Whereas it's flag atrocious. Still had balls. Flag still had balls. Black Flag did not. But you want to know something? It's You know what it is? It's ego. It's pure ego because here's a guy who thinks I am the soul, uh, the soul of this band, and all you need is me and three other Joes, and then all of a sudden we're going to be Black Flag as opposed to all of these dudes who may not have written the songs but are, as you, you know, especially around Dukowski, who was there from the very beginning, mm. who, you know, was a co, I don't know if he was the co-founder, but he definitely was the co-owner. For he wasn't there at time. the very, very beginning. Almost, Spot, almost at the Spot very beginning. Spot was actually the first. Right. Spot, well, player. actually his brother, Raymond, was the first bassist, That's true. I think. Good point. Technically. So, but he's, he was there, he was there early enough to be considered the, the one of the, those are the Diane Di Piazza's in my opinion. Exactly. exactly. Those are Diane Di Piazza's. Yeah. No, no offense to Diane. We love you, Diane. Um, but uh, yeah, Rumorg, I don't know if you see what I'm talking about in uh, over there. Can you can you please take care of that though? Rue, get him, <laughs> get him, Rue. Yeah, hell is that? <laughs> I don't know, but let's not talk about it. <laughs> let's just keep going. Somebody running onto the field. Let's I, not show somebody it somebody had an somebody had an embolism in the chat, but it's absolutely unacceptable, and uh, I don't want that in my chat. So let's get rid of it if possible. If possible, if you can. Uh, uh, assuming that he is there or anybody with a wrench next to their name. Yes, Walter. I'm deputizing Walter. Walter White of New Zealand. He's here so often. He should be deputized as well. Hold on one John, second. John and I always happen. disagreed about a black, uh, my war side too. <laughs> okay, oh, I, refresh I, I my memory. Refresh my memory you. about my war side, side too. You hated I love it? Is that is that the... Yeah, yeah. I don't hate I love it. it. I, I love it. You hate it. I don't need to listen to it ever again. Yeah. Is really? that the spoken word? I've wanted three. No. I know no, you, so, you You and my ex love side two. My war side two is one of, to me, is one of the great. See, that was punk as fuck, in my opinion. Black flag with Stevenson, just the three of them, taking it completely the opposite, doing a total 180 and slowing it down to grinding slow <laughs> pace but it when you listen to it it makes you want to destroy your house like that it's that wait you're talking about my war side two. my war side two okay three songs track listing here three songs okay With all spoken, very similar yeah no, there's no spoken word on that record all okay. very similar all very slow all like over five minutes long but it's yeah. it's it's it's, it's not fast at all. It's completely dead slow, but it's as chaotic and as destructive sounding as any of the fast stuff. To me, that was a great step. I didn't think that they should stay like that. I thought that that little bit of it was good. They got, they started to get progressively slower. Probably, I, I know they say that Greg Ginn became like a really big pothead or something at the time, or maybe he always was. Actually, you know what I think it was? I have a theory about that. I have a theory. I think, it. yeah, you. What was it? I nailed it. That. Nailed, nailed it, John. He's a deadhead, he a deadhead bro. He's oh, a deadhead. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And listen, listen. 
I am I, you know very few people know this about me. I actually have a, a a deep appreciation for the Grateful Dead on on a certain level. I can appreciate. I, yeah, I like the I like the Dead. Um, here's what's interesting though. Uh, you have you have this pothead, you know, uh, friggin' uh, prolific guitar player who just whose fingers can't stop moving. His his fingers cannot stop moving on on the whatever what is it the threat the fret the neck whatever mm-hmm. fretboard i guess uh and oh, grandma yeah and he's listening and he's listening to the grateful dead and he's smoking pot of course that and and he and it's black flag so what does it turn into slut whatever you want to call it the sludge mm. that that's the result that's like the ramones as we as we always say, that's the Ramones saying, hey, I want to write a Beach Boys song and then doing mm. Sheena as a punk rocker. Greg Ginn listens to, to Grateful Dead and you get la- latter age Black Flag. Yeah, but nothing nothing opinion. of the Grateful Dead ever sounded like that. Was, no, no, no. Was... But that, I mean, it gets put through his computer and it comes out as sludge. But it's the same sort of improvisational jamming that the Grateful Dead are synonymous with, right? Maybe. Maybe, or it could just be that he wanted to just completely blow people's minds too. Well, I mean, I would say, oh yeah, three songs. One, they're all six minutes long. One of them is six <laughs> minutes and forty-four seconds. <laughs> One of them, and and this is what's interesting. Two of these songs are co-written by Greg Ginn and Henry Rollins. Isn't that interesting? Oh, Rollins probably just Rollins probably yeah, wrote just the, the lyrics. lyrics. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah. He doesn't play. He doesn't yeah. play any instruments. And it's and 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 it's very off the cuff because. There's not even like a lot of lyrics. A lot of it, like the song "Scream," which yeah. I believe is the last one. He's just doing seven a lot minutes. Of, he's just doing a lot of screaming. You know, seven minute, seven minute song. Okay, so "My War" is a great is a great song. "I Love You" is a great song. Uh, uh, "Beat My Head Against the Wall" is a is a good song. I mean, it's a mixed bag. This this album is a mixed bag for me a little bit. A lot of misses on that album for me. A lot of misses. Family can't, Man. Can't Decide is a great song. Let's see what's on Family Man. Um, no, no, no. Not this one. Not this one. Maybe it's Slip It In. That's a great record. Uh, yeah, Black Coffee is on there. Sure. You're Not Evil. No, I'm looking the for it. Maybe it, Loose the Nut. Come on. Loose, Loose Nut has... The song Loose Nut is a great song. Annihilate This Week, Modern Man. And then right, and then the process weeding out, and pretty soon, it was just they weren't even. They, uh, Henry Rollins was not even singing. In my head is a good song. The the title track in my head is a good song. Not bad. I like that song. That's not a bad. Good song. You know, there's a video out there. It's a Target video. I've seen it on. It's on YouTube. Black Flag doing "Scream," the song "Scream" in Mike Muir's garage. Yeah, and and it's very it's. It's Stevenson playing drums, but it's still with Dukowski and Dez. So it's the five of them. So it must have been right after Biscuits left the band wait, and wait, Stevenson wait, wait, joined. Wait, wait. You got it. You should check that out. It's called Scream? The song is called Scream. It's on side two of My War. And there's a video of them in Mike Muir's garage playing it. And Henry's just, he's not even singing. He's just screaming and staring <laughs> wildly at people. <laughs> and it's a very rare lineup of them. With, with you know Stevenson. what else is interesting? Um, that there, there's that record called Minute Flag, which is the Minutemen and Black Flag combined, 
And I believe it was never it was it was never to be released until both bands broke up. And that's what happened in 1986. D Boone died and Black Flag broke up and then they released Minute Flag on SST. Mm. So there you go. Uh, Yes. Yes. We're talking about Scream. Um, Apparently, uh, PVR has you guys Mm. playing. At, uh, that's Delhi in August with the Pastrami <laughs> brothers. Oh man. I had dinner with Judge Judy there one time. Heim was there. <laughs> really? Yeah. Is this yeah. real? Is this are yeah, you, are no, you... it's, it, send him the pit, show him the pictures. Oh, now you're gonna have to explain totally... to me why you were eating pastrami with Judge Judy. How did that come about? <laughs> she invited why? me. Why? She invited me. She invited me to dinner. <laughs> why? <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, this isn't you're 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 messing with me. No, Haim and I were in there reading one time, and she was in there, and I sat down and took a picture. It, it's me, Judge Judy, and about twenty pickles. Pretty. Interesting. Oh my god! <laughs> but you literally, if you just like saw Judge Judy and you were standing in line, and then you said, "Hey, let's go sit at a table next to Judge Judy," and then you could, so that you could have the bragging rights and saying <laughs> she was that, with her husband. That that we ate, yeah. But you could be like, yeah, we ate we had dinner. dinner. Yeah, we had dinner with uh, with Judge Judy. Me and me and Heim ordered a sixty dollar pastrami sandwich and couldn't finish it. <laughs> oh my god, it was really sixty dollars. No, it was so insane. It was a lot. They do that. It's a healthy. They portion pile it there. on there. They pile it on. It's a healthy portion at at Katz's Deli. Still going strong over a hundred years. God bless. Mm-hmm. May they never go. One of the few things left in New York City. Everything is yeah, just right. disappearing. It's so sad. becoming a Starbucks. You know, it's crazy. I, you know, I, uh, I went to CBGB's the last three years of its existence. And I thought that when that closed down, I was like, wow, what the end of an era for New York, like music culture. And then like, look at us now, like almost 20 years later, it's just, there, there used to be so much more, and it's all gone now. The entire, yeah, you know what, CB's. I think CB's had really outrun its usefulness by that point. Anyway, I think it, it closed, and that's it. Let's just remember it the way it is. It, it, people have this romanticized view of CBGBs, mm-hmm. and you know, the first time I was there was in 1983 to play there, mm-hmm. and it was it was declining at that point. It, I, it had peaked and was just kind of on its way down at that point it was already disgusting yeah it was it, it yeah, wasn't but- i was like wow i'm gonna play at cbgb's you know the the famous rock club and i was and you know there's there's five people there the bathrooms are disgusting and it's <laughs> you know not that that really matters to me but it was like yeah all right it was just an old dirty club like i know it was legendary there was some legendary things that happened there but you know People would come to New York and expect to see the Ramones there or something. And it's just like, no, that's done with, man. Let's just, I, you know. I understand what you're saying, but here's the thing. As some as someone who, who grew up later than you guys, like for me. To you, it's got it's got historical legendary status. You I mean, look at it with different eyes. Than, absolute, than a, absolutely. I read this book. Yeah. Right? I read yeah. this book, and then I start going into the city, and I start going to this club. And obviously it's 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 far from its you know glory days but it's to me it's like it's going to a temple mm. of hallowed halls seeing mm. you know where where all this incredible music happened and just being in that place my friend's band would play there uh all the time 
and then uh, you know seeing TSOL there and seeing the bad brains there and stuff like that. It just I, I was glad to have that experience, and now it's gone. It's just completely gone. It's just so. We were also at the the forty five grave show together, right? Uh, that was that was end. that was. I wasn't there at the CBGBs one, but I was there at um, uh, in Brooklyn at Europa, maybe. Uh, I think in twenty ten is when I saw last time I saw forty five grave. I saw a lot of good shows at CBS too. And I definitely respected it for its for its history, but things tend to get a lot more like bigger in our memory than they totally. are at the I time. I get it. You know that. I get you know. it. So, so yeah. I mean, I I I think a lot could be said for someone. Uh, Chris Berwin put City Gardens, another great club. Yeah, sure. You know, sure. I, I saw I saw Sam Hain there. I saw we saw the first Danzig show there. You know, so that yes. that also has a lot of memory for us. Um, yeah, I, like I mean, me, uh, if you've ever used the CBGB bathroom, you're immune from the coronavirus. <laughs> I, I have used the, I am proudly can say that I've used the CBGB bathroom. That was one of, one of the, one of the funny store, a little funny story that my sister loves to tell over and over again is that when she came to CBGBs to see me play when I was like 15 or 16, she said when she got home, she didn't even put her clothes in the washing machine. She just threw them completely out. <laughs> she didn't use um, the, she, she didn't use the bathroom. She went down to, to look at it. Didn't use it. Decided to hold it all night and didn't, didn't have a drink. Didn't want to touch anything from the bar. Right. You know, and right. then came home, threw her clothes out and that was it. Done. Um, <laughs> someone, someone's asking Archduke Ramon is asking, isn't CBGB's now an upscale fashion shop? What it is, this guy, who I guess is like a fan of punk or something, he's like a clothing designer guy, John Varvados. He bought CBGBs. He bought it. They what they did was they stripped out a bunch of stuff and they actually saved it. It exists somewhere. They were going to open up CBGBs in Las Vegas, which is if I mean, isn't that just the funniest thing you ever heard that it would be that there would be some tourist version of CBGBs. Mm. And eventually they did do it in, in uh, Newark Airport, I believe. There's a CBGBs uh, sort of like restaurants. Yeah, uh, I think you're right. I merch. think I saw that once. Yeah, it, it That's exists. when you know it's over, though, man. That's when you know it's over. Well, I mean, that was that was years after CBGBs <laughs> was gone. But what he did was, and I, do, I will give him credit. Yes, it's a high-scale, like, fashion place. And it's kind of like, it's kind of lame. But you know what's kind of cool? The guy who bought the place out from Hilly or whoever bought whoever Hilly was renting from, he preserved the walls, most of the walls. You can walk in there. He left enough of CBGBs around that for anybody who will never get to experience it or see it, you can go to 315 Bowery and you can at least look at the walls and sort of imagine what it was like. And also, somebody took photos, 3D photos of the entire layout. You can actually take a tour of CBGBs through the, like a Google Maps sort of thing. Mm, if you just want to see what the layout looked like, you can't do yeah. that from Max's Kansas City. So mm. I thought that was pretty special that someone did that, you know, for the kid who was born in 2002 and is super into punk rock and mm. just wants to see a place that they'll never yeah. be able to visit. I mean, I mm. think that's nice, you know, mm. considering. Um but uh, you know, uh, everything's gone that way. Bleaker Bob's is gone. 
um freaking sounds is gone trash and vaudeville is i think moved but jimmy webb is gone um yeah. it's just sad man it's just that yeah tunnel time gonna lose you for a bit oh oh rue is in rue is going through the tunnel i think rue's on a bus right now listening to the show hmm. um i bet the original toilet is not at the airport i bet hmm. you the, the toilet at the airport is just as dirty <laughs> as the toilet <laughs> As the toilet um uh in CBGBs. Did you guys ever go to that uh read the 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 like the third generation of Max's Kansas City in the in the nineties? It like briefly popped up. No, somewhere in like the like the west side. Something like that. I yeah, no. they tried to do it one Not more me. time, it fizzled out. And of course there was uh we just lost Howie Pyro. Rest in peace, Howie Pyro. He had him and Jesse Mallon had the club Coney Island uh, High. Coney Island High, yeah, that was um, a good place. You spent yeah. some time there. Played there a couple times, yeah, yeah. There was cool. the upstairs, upstairs, and the downstairs. That was uh, and our friend Dean, uh, Dean Carizzi, that was the singer of Backseat Driver that I was in for years. Uh, he was a part owner too. They had a lot of silent partners. I didn't know that. Wow, yeah. that whole yeah. lot is leveled now. The McDonald's is gone and everything. Mm. Really. Yeah, yeah. Coney Island was Coney Island High was pretty good. I I always yeah, I always Continental liked, is gone too. Uh, is, see, I like Continental. That's I like I brownies. Yeah. Like Continental's leveled. Yeah, gone completely. Was there? Oh, there was a McDonald's. Ne- oh, that's right. Right, I forgot. There was about a McDonald's that. next to it, right on the yeah. corner. Yeah. And you know what's funny? You know how you could tell someone when someone ever brings up the you know the raised pizza right on that corner on the uh, across mm. the street. Yeah. And when so, yeah, but someone's like, "Oh yeah, raised pizza, that's the best pizza in New York." And I always just laugh. I'm like I'm like that's not the best. Come on. Like no, like no, raised like, wasn't what? really that. Same um uh same uh, Mark's pizza was the one next to Continental. Same Mark's pizza, uh, right? On the opposite side? No, where right on the corner. If no, you're standing, that, if you're standing no, in front of Ray's Continental, pizza. no, Ray's Pizza was on the opposite corner. If you're standing in right. front of Continental, yeah. just to your right was St. Mark's Pizza. And then next to that was the little bodega on the corner. The opposite okay. side, right. the opposite side of yes. St. Mark's Place was where Ray's was. Right, which has been there for, I mean. That's been there forever. Forever. And maybe it will be there forever. Although I thought Gem Spa, considering that the Gem Spa awning, I think is gone now as well, which is really sad. And for those so of you who don't know, it's Jim Spas now. Right. Like the best, best pizza is Joe's or Percy's in the West Village. Joe's is great. Um, I You know what I really like? It's kind of a novelty, but I just really enjoy it is the is artichoke. It's It's gotten very, and they've really increased their prices, but that uh, that artichoke slice is just, uh, it's yes. heaven. It's really good. <laughs> and the wow. crab slice, too. I don't know if you ever tried the crab slice. It's really good. Good. <laughs> Come on, John. I like other pizzas besides Lodi. I'm not just a Lodi snob. You know, I just don't like I don't I don't like stuff like that on pizza. To me, it's not pizza. I I think you could put I didn't. Oh, you know what? I should ask both of you the question because both of you have technically not been on this version version of the show. And we have Walter White, who is all the way down in New Zealand, guys. He's saying, can you describe a real pizza, a real pizza? Well, he said, he's, can you describe a real U.S. pizza to a Kiwi? That's what he's asking. Mm. So he's 
a, a Kiwi down in, in New Zealand. He wants to know what a real U.S. pizza is is like what do you guys people, think? well i mean people in new york are going to say that new york has the best pizza people yes, in jersey are going to say it's just as good as new york no, yeah. nobody on the east coast likes the chicago deep dish pizza yes. yet, 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 <laughs> you know and in california yep. you can't get a good slice of pizza it's just a tomato yep. pie if you want cheese you gotta ask for you gotta ask for cheese it's it's, it's yep. like you know who wins who's the winner who's the best nobody you know it's no, personal new york taste. is the it's best no taste. no no new york is the best let's What's that's because you're from that's because you're from New York. I've had better yes, pizza yeah. in Jersey no, and I lived no. in New York and I've had better pizza in Jersey than than in New York. To so be it's all fair, personal opinion. It's all personal opinion. It is, but is pizza I'm passionate my about pizza. So am I. So am I. Is pizza <laughs> punk? That's my question <laughs> to both of you. Is and pizza is. punk? But uh is it punk why why is it punk if it is punk or why is it not punk? And your answer is subjective. Whatever you're going to say is valid. I'm not here to tell you you're right or wrong. Go ahead. I think it's punk because, um, like uh, what's his name said the other night, uh, it, it's cheap. And when you're a young punk hanging out in the in, in the village, you know that's what you're gonna <laughs> that's what you can afford. And you're listening to punk rock, and you know, like I, Sal's Pizza was in Little Ferry, New Jersey, was probably one of my favorite pizza places, and uh. You know, we'd be playing asteroids with like dead Kennedys in the background, and like I'm eating a crust while I'm playing asteroids. You know? <laughs> so to me, it's nostalgic in that sense. Uh, and and if you're gonna uh, assign a food to punk rock, I mean, what else could it be, really? You know, it just. But I think John uh, disagrees. Oh, let's hear it. Totally. Let's hear it. I disagree. I don't think pizza's punk. Ooh, not at all. They serve okay. pizza to elementary school kids on Fridays for a pizza party. My sister's retirement home has pizza party night on Saturday. I don't, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a punk food. I re, you know what, you know, in my opinion, what would have made pizza punk is if at the Pollywog park black flag show, Keith Morris would have done a stage dive off the stage <laughs> into somebody's pizza. Then to me, it would have been punk. Or if those people in the park would have picked up their pizzas and thrown them at black, that would have been to me, that would have been punk. I may cause an uproar with your audience. I just don't feel pizza is a punk food. You're, as now, I said. Well, hold on. That, okay, being okay. said, that being said, I know that pizza has become symbolic. Lodi pizza has become symbolic with the misfits and all that other type of stuff. I don't feel that it is a punk food. You know, you want to talk about a punk food? I don't know. Grilled Grilled cheese sandwich because because you're poor or can't. <laughs> well, that's a Grateful soup. Dead food right there. <laughs> you know, I don't feel I don't feel that pizza as a food is punk. That's Baked it. beans could be punk. Said my, said my piece. I listen as I said. I'm not going to chastise you for whatever your answer is. It is subjective, and you are entitled to your opinion. Um, my favorite answer thus far on the whole show is the idea someone said i forget who they said uh pizza the reason why pizza is punk is because uh you have three things that you have dough sauce and cheese and you have three chords you know to to make like punk rock and therefore uh, cereal could be punk things. rock it's cereal and milk yeah two cereal chords, two I, chords. Not, yeah two chords come on yeah i love it i love that you just said that i love it Cereal is more punk rock. It. It's two chords. You don't even need the three. Jeff, for your uh, serial killer uh, show, yeah, I got let's see it. I got a, a serial you need to try. 
Oh my god, I the love voice it. Of Doom cereal. Did you put <laughs> <laughs> you put up you put something you put cereal in there? This is a this is a fan made uh thing. John, who's this guy again? Uh his name I sent that to you one time, Wait, Jeff. Yeah, it was you sent that to me. Yeah, her, his name was his name was Harry Hands. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Harry Robert Tra- Robert Travieso. He was an artist from from Yonkers, as a matter of fact. He, he was no. from Yonkers or the Bronx. That's yeah. right. That's older right man over there. Yeah, yeah. Have not. Have not. He had some health issues. Have he was a FedEx driver by trade. I had not seen him for many years, um, but he he loved cereal boxes, and I commissioned him to make one for for Voice of Doom. And he was more than happy to to make it. Didn't charge me anything. He was just extremely happy to do it. And there you go. Yeah. Let me tell you something. We talked about. We actually talked about uh, uh, John John of Steel and I were were going back and forth about this, and the idea of doing a like merch style pizza box. Uh, no, uh, uh, cereal box. Cereal box. And with with your with you know take putting stuffing it with whatever cereal that you're like you know you can mm. take whatever you know just take the bag out and stick it in your own which I think mm. is technically illegal but who's gonna stop mm. you? And and here's the thing. You could put a prize in it. Like, let's say if you're a filmmaker, you put your DVD in it. Or if you're in a band, you put your you put your your record in it. You know, mm. your seven inch or whatever. And uh, and and it's like it's just a fun little what Ooh. a fun collector's item. Imagine yeah. if we had Danzigos or uh, <laughs> uh, Danzig woes, mm. and it came with like uh, uh, you know like blackest of the black cereal or something deep with demon blood crunch berries <laughs> and it had like some single in it and you know uh and danzig there's like a danzig word search on the back <laughs> or some something or whatever uh and that stuff is fun man that stuff is just so much fun i love it i love it um are you guys fans of uh are you with me on the death to soggy cereal or are you all about i hate soggy, soggy, cereal? I hate soggy cereal hi i hate it um I would rather it crunchy, but I if it if I had a if I was taken away for some reason we came back to it I would eat it soggy. Can't do oh! it. Can't do it. That's yeah. it. Shows up. I'm not. That, I'm, not I'm not picky. I'm not picky. <laughs> my wife loves when the cereal gets soggy. Oh she'll put my extra milk oh, in oh. just to make it soggy and. The Dark. other side, the other side of the coin, which we've talked about before, Kevin Lacatina, no milk in his cereal, <laughs> just with his hands. He says milk is disgusting on a cereal. <laughs> on a cereal, <laughs> I told on you this. Cereal, he eats it out of the bag. So you have two complete, no Very right, or, no right or wrong way to eat cereal, my friends. It is a, it is the perfect food. There you yes, go. You're right. True. The oat milk or the cashew milk is oh, good. Oh, F that. F that. No, 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 no. It no, really is. no, no, no. Try the oat milk. No, no. No, try the oat milk. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I tried I it. My, my, my one daughter drinks oat. That's all she drinks is oat milk. That's it, awesome. It, no, it's it's disgusting in cereal. I, I can't do it. So it's got to be got to be cold whole milk. That's it. I can't. Well, yeah. I, before, if, if you're I'm lactose intolerant or something, I get it. Okay. Then, then. To me, no, no other way. If I'm gonna have dairy, it's gonna be whole milk. However, I have grown to love like extra creamy oat milk is like heaven. It's really, really great, and I don't feel guilty about drinking the milk after I'm done. 
I can't do that. I can't drink whole milk. I can't drink milk. I could put milk in my coffee. I can't drink it as a beverage. Oh my God. I can't like, I will die. I will die. Yeah. What what does it really go as a beverage with Uh, cookies and milk? I guess. I'm not going to eat spaghetti. Coffee, and coffee milk. and cookies. <laughs> coffee and cookies. And you put milk in your coffee. I'll put milk in my coffee. I'm not going to have broccoli with milk as a, as a, as a side. <laughs> oh, my okay. God. So, you know, milk has That's to go. That's weird. Milk that with, is a weird milk, combination. Milk with pancakes. Milk with apple pie. Uh, mm. okay, okay, maybe apple pie. Worst was when you had, like, Oreo cookies and someone gave you juice. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's weird. What are you gonna dunk, dunk your cookies <laughs> in orange juice? <laughs> Although you know who's a nut? Okay, Jeff Goldblum is a nutty guy, and I love Jeff Goldblum. But Jeff Goldblum used to pour put orange juice in his cereal, right? Whoa. Instead of milk. Okay, here's the thing though. He used to pour orange juice into his into his uh cornflakes. And according to John of Steel, there's no wrong way to, way to eat cereal, so that's perfectly valid, according to John John of yes. Steel. However, however, cereal. Tropicana. And and this will be of interest to both of you guys. Tropicana is releasing a cereal especially designed for orange juice. It's meant for orange juice. Interesting. And hmm. so I imagine the fortitude is going to be extra st- strong to stand up to the. Uh, that, you know what? That really juice. that that really doesn't surprise me. I mean, orange ju- orange is a fruit. It's fruit juicy. I mean, you probably could have put like Fruit Loops or Apple Jacks sure. with orange juice, and yeah, it might be a little odd tasting at first but maybe you develop a taste for it who knows i'll tell you cornflakes are really good if you have a piece of salmon i love salmon if you're gonna eat salmon you could put cornflakes or go or goldfish crackers or or you could put cheez it's crumbled on top yeah and make a like a crust yeah and it's really good it has a mm. really nice texture my wife she likes to make chicken schnitzel which is just like really flat pounded out like fried chicken whatever things she she should put she use cornflakes for that that's really special it's supposed to be pork you do it's that's what a schni- a german schnitzel is you know you use cornflakes and you just pound it out and as it's a like crust a, as a crust and it's really mm. good it's just mm. a really good crispy crunchy crust i'm a big 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 fan but you could do it with anything you could theoretically do it with fruit loops i don't know if you want to put it on salmon that would what's your be... feeling what's your guys feelings on oatmeal Oh, I love um, I love oatmeal, but it has to be like the peaches and cream variety, like that kind of oatmeal with cream. I will eat apple cinnamon oatmeal and the maple oatmeal, but like if it's just like <laughs> when there's one bag left and it's raisins and spice, you're like, oh. I w- oh yeah, I, I just throw that out. <laughs> just throw that out. God, I have it almost like- every morning with orange juice and coffee. My oatmeal. What about farina? Oh, That's the thinking man's oatmeal. What no. is it? I used to have cream of wheat and uh, cream of rice when I was cream a kid. of wheat is good. Cream of wheat is good. I, I, I think would I have that. it here somewhere. You know, the honest truth is my favorite style of breakfast. I I'm just like I like your classic breakfast. Some eggs, some bacon, some hash browns. And what I do is well, if I'm not cooking the eggs, if I'm if someone's making me eggs. I, I'm like a I'm a re, I'm even worse than soggy uh, than soggy cereal is burnt eggs. If the eggs are burnt brown or crispy, I will throw up all over the place. <laughs> I'll just vomit everywhere. Same thing with soggy cereal. Soggy cereal literally triggers my gag reflex. If I even smell it, I will just throw up everywhere. Wow. So yeah, I have a very strong reaction to these things. So 
I, I like when my make... eggs are. I like when my eggs are a little burnt. I don't like. Them oh burnt. my god! Oh, stop! Yeah. Stop! I, li- I like. I like them over hard. I like literally will vomit right now. Like you, you don't like them over hard. You like them. Over are you easy. Are you joking? Or are you serious? No, I'm serious. I like them. I like them a little. I like little poached brown. eggs. I need my eggs to be poached. Do if that. I don't know you, if I don't know you, if I'm in a diner and Flo comes to take my order, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say, give me please, may I please have some poached eggs. I crack the runny yolk over the hash browns, and then mix it all together, and then eat that, and then. If I have some toast, I'll go to work. I'll put some butter, jelly, put the bacon on top, make a little sandwich. Nice. Right? Yeah. And uh, and that's just, and then, you know, your black coffee. And then maybe if you're at a Waffle House and you got a side of pancakes, then you take down the pancakes. It all depends. It depends. On I was the at Waffle House a couple weeks when we I went like to Texas. We, we love we, it. We ate at Waffle House twice and I had the grits two times yeah. and I love salty, buttery. They were great. My wife didn't like them. I liked them. I grits, grits at Waffle House is is great. Jeff, do you ever have grits? Uh, yes, I like grits. I have instant no grits. grits. Um, instant I've instant had grits. Both. I've had both. No self like, respect in Southern. uses instant grits. I've had I've had instant <laughs> grits and I've had grits that were made in Waffle House. Those are the two types I've tried. I put yeah. milk and sugar on my grits, and, and that's yes. Well, no, I've put, I've I've had them with sugar and butter, and you can kiss. My I didn't grits. have any with milk. Huh? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, I'm sorry. Um, I'm just I'm Lizzie, looking for something up here. Hold on. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Lizzie says a full Irish breakfast, and I want to ask Lizzie Graves, what constitutes a full Irish breakfast? You have to tell me. I'm obviously guessing that yeah, includes like a of whiskey or something like black pudding. I know Walter White is talking about black pudding right underneath. Hold on. He says, have you guys ever tried black pudding with your bacon and eggs? So here's the thing. I thought black- I had an old cream of wheat box here. I don't. I'm sorry. Black pudding is, um, in in theory, in mentality, black pudding is absolutely like like disgusting, but tastes delicious. I've tasted it; it tastes really, really good. But when you think about what it is, it like, and basically, it's coagulated blood. That's what it is. Oh, in a cake, it's called blood. It's just literally coagulated blood. That's what you're eating. There's nothing else that constitute it, and. Uh, it just again tastes really good, very savory, but uh, hard to eat when you're thinking about what it is. In my yeah. personal opinion, you know what's the greatest breakfast of all time? What I just said it already. Carnation. <laughs> Carnation. Oh wow! Makes really... milk. Makes milk a meal. Coffee flavor. So you got your milk, your coffee, oh, and your breakfast all in one box. Oh I mean, could, man! Could these kids be wrong? They can't be wrong. Is that they, new? Do they still make that? Definitely. No, no. It's, it's 59 oh, cents. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, look at this. Okay, this is fucking hilarious, and I can't ignore this. Guys, do you see this in the chat? This is amazing. What the hell? <laughs> I can't even be. I can't even be. How could you be? How could, like, what the fuck? Wow, somebody wants attention, man. This is too funny. Oh, I got to screenshot this. This is friggin' hilarious. <laughs> Jeffy's kid. What the hell? Um, I, 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 wh- wh- who is this other Jeff from us? My Lord, somebody literally made another what? YouTube account just so they could post this in the chat. I am flabbergasted. Absolutely flabbergasted. Uh. Um, oh, wow. 
that that is that is something I've never seen before. Amazing. Wow. Definitely fried, obviously. I would imagine. Um yeah. So that is uh that just happened. That was interesting. Thanks Walter White. Um <laughs> Yes, I agree. Lizzie says that takes a lot of time and energy. You're absolutely right. That took a lot of time and energy to go and to make uh, a YouTube name just for that purpose. And I don't know, man. Uh, I guess I take up a lot of space in someone's yeah. head in order to, for them to do it. Yeah, nothing better to do. I could guess, actually. I could guess i know john if you're guessing who i'm guessing you know yeah you know yep that i i won't be the first time either this has happened before um that's really funny um whatever it is what it is let's let's carry on with our conversation shall we oh we have to hold on let's do a quick uh sponsor break while we're here yeah right sponsors ridestickers.com right listen i swear i swear i have something coming for both of you guys i just have not had the time put it together i have your addresses just expect something i'll let you know when it goes out it's gonna happen guys we have buttons we have stickers here uh all made by riotstickers.com they are the official sponsors of the from us channel uh they printed up this beautiful banner behind me can you see it, it says from us on it um, we're currently running a contest with them. Basically, if you need 20 custom T-shirts, uh, you can enter into a raffle. It's free to enter. You can enter into a raffle, and we're going to pick one winner on June 1st, and they will be uh, uh, awarded 20 free custom T-shirts with any image you want. So if you want, if you want, uh, if you want to print Jeff Frumis, uh, uh uh, saying the comment that was in this uh, thing. I'm not going to say it out loud. I'm going to yeah. just put it on the screen. If you want to print this on a t-shirt, I mean, I really would rather you not, but um, it would be really funny. Uh, if I guess if you did, it would be kind of funny. Yes. Lizzie Graves, you might be right. It might be, it could be Chud. I don't think it's Chud. I don't think Chud has enough brain cells to create a screen name called uh, Jeff from us. Um, I think it's some, I think it's someone else to be honest with you. Um, in any case, you could put whatever you want on a t-shirt and, uh, assuming that Sharpie riot is willing to print it, uh, they will send it to you, uh, free. It's free shipping in, in, inside the country. Okay. And it's, you just go to riotstickers.com backslash win W I N that's it right here. It's right in the little ticker tape. Look in the description below. We're also still running the special deal with riotstickers.com. Use the promo code from us, like the name of the channel for 50% off. I'm going to play our 60-second little uh, video written by the guy in Less Than Jake. Hold on one second. Hi, I'm a guy from RiotStickers.com, the merch company known for being the bomb. Do you hate going to work? But like getting paid? Do you hate snow? But want to make sweet, sweet love to a snowman? That was unexpected. All right, what about this? Do you hate paying for stuff, but like having custom t-shirts? You are in luck. We can't help with the snowman thing. That's probably going to take a therapist. But RiotStickers.com is giving you a chance to win a free order of custom shirts. And entering is easier than like making sweet, sweet Get her out of here. 
<clears throat> All you have to do is simply go to riotstickers.com slash win and enter your name and email address. Riot Stickers will have a random drawing to pick a winner. So head to riotstickers.com slash win for your chance to win free custom shirts. And be sure to check out other custom merch while you're there because it is the bomb. Riotstickers.com, Riotstickers, we are the bomb. All right, we are back. Lizzie, Gla- Lizzie Graves thinks it's the anti-Semite that was on here when I was doing the Nosferatu show, uh, that that person is still lurking. That might be the same guy that I'm thinking of, actually. It might be him. Um, but who knows? It is definitely some loser, and we're not going to give them any more oxygen. We're going to let no, it go. No, Gibson? Maybe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> John Hay- Oh, my God. Anytime I I mention Mel Gibson on here, John ha, John loses it. He's like, "Fuck Mel Gibson," hates Mel Gibson. Yeah. Um, I I understand why. I get it. I get it. I I listen. I'm not saying I love Mel Gibson or anything, but he's Mad Max, and I love Mad I know. Max. And, you know, it is big Mad Max. Big Mad Max fan. I can't help myself. Um, I do listen. I do like Mel Gibson movies. I do think Mel Gibson is a piece of shit. It, it is possible. Apoc- Apocalypto is great. Apocalypto is great. I do love Johnny Ramone's music. I do think Johnny Ramone was a piece of shit in his personal life. Hmm. Totally can separate the two. Yes. You know, right? Like it doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be uh yeah, it's okay, Lizzie. You don't have to, it's it's not about leaving it alone, not leaving it alone. Um, it's fun. It's funny. It's funny. But the problem is, is the more we talk about it, the more we encourage the behavior. And that's That's the problem. Even though it's fun to talk about it, even if it makes us feel morally superior, which is a Mm -hmm. fun feeling to have the, the, the most adult thing to do is to not talk about it. It's fun to do. You can do one hate video. You know, we could bash Chud in that one video and then we just, we move on. Same thing with graves, whatever, whatever the situation is. All right, all right. Enough of that. Uh, Enough uh, of that. Yeah. Uh, uh, bro, bro, <laughs> bro. Can we um, all just get along? Can't we all just get along? Um, all right. Let let me ask you guys this. Um, let's do I want to do uh, a top five list because that's how we did the Robert show. We had Robert from uh Adam Age on uh along with Jason Sink. That was a really fun pizza punk episode, and I highly Recommend everybody go check it out because we just had su- we had a blast on that show. I want to do Robert something has similar. Great stories, right? Oh my god! Like you know what's funny about Robert? He like I didn't know anything about him, and you know I well I knew that he was producing the the Lee Ving doc, and I was like, do you want to come on the show and talk about it? Like you know just come on the show. And as it turns out, I guess I knew the director way longer than I had thought I had known him in 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 previous uh association and whatnot um and he just goes oh yeah i worked at sst records you what he worked at sst records throughout the 90s he knows he probably knew he knows so much stuff dude merch guy for jerry and glenn danzig uh separate times i mean the dude just like blew my mind with some of the stuff i was well, the ramones merch arturo right thing. right right yes yes the, Ita- the robert arturo. took me to sst and I, I had greg sign some stuff when i was out there one time wait a minute okay hold on wait before we get there let's hear that story you were at sst this was in uh uh this was in california yeah and it's okay disgusting. what was that like it was cat feces all over the freaking place <laughs> stop it 
Yeah, it's it was bad. And I and I was uh, I have asthma. Oh. So it was like a, an asthma attack waiting to happen entering that place. Are you are you allergic to cats? Uh the dander, I guess, yeah. Me too. I also yeah. have a dan I have I'm allergic to cat dander. They make like I don't I like I respect cats, but they make me miserable. So like I don't like them because they make me miserable, like physically. But um yeah, that would be my worst nightmare. And that's crazy. He just lets cats just crap but all over he, the place. He was a nice enough guy, you know. Who, Gin? Yeah. When you met him. Yeah. Yeah, well. We have a funny story. Robert. Yeah. Uh, John and I, London and Steve, were at Steve's house one time. Yeah. And they pop in a video cassette. London wants to show everyone <laughs> when he dislocates his shoulder on stage. It was like yeah. a the first uh, reunion show, Sam, uh, Sam Hain reunion show. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's playing, he's playing, and he, and he goes like, yeah. And he goes, oh, and you see him go like this. John and I thought it was the funniest thing. We're crying, <laughs> laughing. And we look at those guys, and they're all straight-faced. Robert, London, and Steve are like, what the fuck is so funny? And we, we we thought he was showing us for a laugh, you know? Oh, I, I don't know. my John and God. Like a different mentality. And I was like, oh, oh, oh excuse me. Like, I, I don't know. It was was funny but not funny that is what an insane situation that is that is an insane situation yeah you literally just described like my worst nightmare that's like the way he but but it's funny because the way you know london was always a very like you know off the cuff kind of guy like dark humor yeah and so it was like hey you guys want to see how i dislocated my shoulder you know like one of those things you were anticipating something that was supposed to be considered humorous what he he thought was humorous but meanwhile you know these these guys are looking at us like whoa like don't you see what happened he's just like oh no like when it happened and we were like and 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 who didn't somebody pop it back in oh my like that night i think he finished the show yeah no he didn't finish the show he didn't um Joey, I think it was Castillo came in and, and finished the show. Because Castillo was drumming for Danzig at that time. Wow. I think he, I can't, and he didn't that really know the insane. songs, but he came in and, and finished. London, it was during Unholy Passion, I remember. I think he may have finished the song, but Castillo finished the set. Wait, wait. If it was Unholy Passion, then London would have been on bass, no? Because mm. Steve yeah. played drums. Steve That's played true. drums right. on on his material. You're right. And You're London right. played You're on right. his material. You're right. So maybe it wasn't on Holy Passion, but I, I, I don't think know. He, like, I he threw his know. arm up in the air, and as he threw right. his arms up in the air, he, that's how he dislocated it. Right. Oh my lord. That is. I mean, that is an insane talk about like a social situation, like yeah, social dynamic situation where, I mean, that is a really fascinating story when you think about it. You think about all the things. <laughs> expectations what you guys thought what they thought yeah yeah it was all conflicting so how does that how did that tell me some something caused it to dissipate it had to i don't remember uh, it was so long ago did did it did it it must have did did it did somebody say something to like cut through the awkwardness or something or was it just like recollection I don't recall. You blocked it out. I don't, rem- I don't yeah, remember. I blocked it out. Blocked it out. Uh, I don't even remember Robert being there that night, but he was there. We had dinner at Steve's house. Yeah. I don't remember Robert being there. Remember him playing the drums in the basement? Mm, yeah, kind of. All I remember yeah. was that Steve had the original Misfits wooden sign. Yeah. Which he sold, right? He, he sold eventually it, yeah. sold it. Yeah, he eventually sold it, but this, the story... 
he told us. I'm sure he must have told you the story, Jeff, right? About how he acquired it. I don't think so. I no, he found it in the garbage when they moved to Vernon. Yeah, yeah, it was just in the garbage. I mean, you want to talk about a stroke of luck, but you sell it to somebody on eBay or whatever. How do you ship that thing? Thing was huge. They got to pick it up. They got to pick it up. There was like made out of chicken wire, right? There was like it was chicken. chicken, Yeah, it was. Well, it was mounted to a chicken wire fence, and it was, but it was all made out of wood. It was all carved, carved out. I, I, I wonder if that that must have been Jerry who had done that. Probably designed that. But it was right? out of the trash, right? Imagine. Yeah, that. he said he was driving by there. I mean, he lived right by there, and right. he was the driving by, next or door, he was yeah. walking by, and Damn. there it was out in the garbage. I mean, like, talk about a you know that's crazy. I understand yeah. that he eventually, you know, he has a wonderful philosophy about like that stuff that in. Or at least it applies to him because he lived so much of it. But for you know someone like me who did not live so much of it, even though I'm not a collector and don't feel the same attachment like to stuff like that, I still if I found that wooden sign, it would it would be like surgically attached to me. Mm-hmm. Like I would never. It would be behind me. Like I would just I would stare <laughs> at it. I would wear stare it as at a it. backpack. Okay. Yeah, I'd wear it as a backpack. It'd be like on my keychain. I'd be dragging it around behind my key loop. No, my point is, is that like, uh, it's amazing. He he was able to let go of it because I think he said, and I'm quoting, I'm quoting, this is a secondhand quote. So this is not Steve telling me this directly. But uh, I think Tank was the one who told me that Steve said to him something about like, you know, you have the memories and the memories are what's important and you can let go of the physical thing and sell it to someone else who wants to have the connection. You already have the connection. You don't need to hold on to it. And I wonder if that is what, you know, allowed nice him to philosophy. part with it's something. It's a nice theory. It's a nice theory. It, 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 I wonder know, if that's what allowed be. him to part with it, you know? Could be. Because <clears throat> that's like a one of a Pay kind. It forward. Listen, today, that sign probably would go for tens of thousands of dollars. It would be probably in like a rock and roll hall of fame display. If Jerry's base is in the rock and roll hall of fame display, that misfits sign from that show has way more, mm. way more. Uh, uh, what what am I trying to say here? Uh, justification? Uh, no, not justification. Um, right, it just has more right to be there. I think personally. Than, Jeff, do you have uh, any any insight to about uh, Howie Pyro's collection? His all his pop culture and, and weird mm. kitschy stuff like that needs to be preserved. And so, I mean, in terms of insight, I, I met Howie several times. I got to interview him and stuff, um, but I did not, I was not friends with him. I did not know him. The video I did on my channel was just, uh, pay, uh, you know, cause we cover interesting people on the channel. And I just thought, I just wanted to say something about his life, which was fascinating. Was yeah. yeah. Thank you. It, it was just, you know, um, he doesn't have a book. He didn't write a book, which makes uh. me so sad. I mean, he his mm. he was such a fascinating dude. He had a story and an I don't I'm gonna say this word wrong. Is it antidote? Antidote? Antidote. Antidote. Yeah. He had a story anecdote. And a, anecdote. Thank you. Thank you. I knew I was butchering it. He had a story and an antidote for every single like here's me with Screaming Jay Hawkins. Here's mm. me with like he just knew all these people. He saw such a swath of history. That twelve thousand dollars story was uh, blew my mind. Yeah, wait, what was the twelve thousand dollars story? The they found all the cash in the church. Oh, oh, right, right, right. Johnny Thunder's money. Yes, yes. Yeah, and wow. and they kept it. 
and they kept yeah. it. That was amazing. Um, but my point is, is that, um, yeah, he, he became a collector later in life or accumulated stuff. Mm. I think there should be, if, if I had my druthers, if it was up to me, there should be a Howie Pyro museum. Yeah. There should be a museum for, for his collection. His collection needs to be either be in an archive or it needs to be a museum. Howie Pyro didn't have any children. This is his legacy. And yeah. he meant so much to so many people that knew him. Everybody on social media just loved that guy. I mean, everybody who he touched in their lives loved him. It, it Very quiet deeply. guy, too. Very quiet guy. Really? Not, not you know, I, mean, <clears throat> I met him a few times. I wasn't mm -hmm. friends with him. Um, played with the band a couple times, opened for them. You know, talked to him a little bit. But not, not. Not as much of an out there guy as you would think he was, um, from what I can remember. Very yeah. like very quiet, just was always in was always in the right place at the right time. Right. You know? Uh that's the way I that's the way I remember him. I I, I just I, I think that there should be to answer your question, his his collection is vast. And he was his collection was so big that yeah. he was actually on an episode of a hoarder style show called like Collection Sickness or something. I forget what it was called. Um, and as a matter of fact, you can watch the episode is on Facebook. So one of his friends uploaded the whole episode and, and he collect just, he loved kitsch and campy stuff mm. and just everything. He was obsessed with pop culture and counterculture and all these things. Uh, the ultimate collector, that stuff needs to be in a museum. And you, you know what, what uh, Susan Hannaford said about it? Uh, no. What did she say about it? She's seen many of collections, you know, like you can imagine, right? And uh, mm -hmm. she said his bar none was the largest and craziest collection she's ever seen. Like he was. It was funny. I I didn't even know he was a collector until that was later in his ago. life. I yeah, think that I, was later I, in his life. I didn't know that he was a collector. Did he still live in New York when he when he passed? Or was LA. he still in L.A.? Oh, he was still in L.A. In L.A. Yeah. Okay. He left New yeah. York. He left New York uh, in like 99 and after Coney Island High closed, I, th I think. He went out to L.A. to, to be in Danzig, basically. Yeah, okay. And Danzig, Danzig let him live in a shed like behind his house, <laughs> like I guess rent free or something. Like he lived and, you know, I guess Danzig was really, really good to him. And I mean, he toured the world with Danzig and then him and Todd left because they had that record deal with uh for that band, I forget which one, what they were called, and the record never came out. Chrome Locust or something. Chrome like that? Locust, something like that, and mm -hmm. um, you know, and then he became this insane collector. I think he was a buyer. He was some sort of buyer for like something that had to do with kitsch stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's how he like was able to like supplant his collection. Mm. But I, you know, I wish there was like a John Varvato style, like rich eccentric weirdo who would put up the cash for a space so that Howie's, they yeah. call it like the Howie Pyro Intoxica Museum. I'd love to see it on tour. It comes, you know, in a yeah. gallery. And people would go right. see it. I mean, totally. he had such rare, interesting pieces. I'll, you know, when I was making, I made a Screaming Jay Hawkins video. You can see it on the channel. And it's not, I can't call it a documentary. I can't, it's just like, I don't know what it is. It's like a compilation or something. Mm. It's sort of like narratively tells the story of Stephen uh, uh, Screaming Jay Hawkins. But I was trying to track down an obscure clip of him from a movie called Mr. Rock and Roll from 1957 starring Alan Reed. Alan Reed is the father of rock and roll and also the man who paid Screaming Jay Hawkins 
to get in the coffin in the first place. Like that whole mm-hmm. thing was because of Alan Freed. It was his idea. Mm. And um, I asked Howie, I was like, Howie, I'm trying to figure this out. This was about a year ago. And he like, he gave me some information. I think he was kind of out. He was ailing. He had a liver transplant. And that also mm. is eventually what led to, you know, his, his, his ailments that mm. eventually caused him to pass away. Mm. Um, which is just really sad, man. I, I'm really sad. And I, like I said, I hope there's some sort of memorial museum thing with all his stuff. I hope it doesn't get split up. He spent so much time and energy putting it together. It yeah, somebody has to come in. Somebody has to come in and manage it or do, yeah. do something with it. They should. Next they of should. kin. Yeah. And and also, he has a sister, I I believe. And also, one one more thing. Um, somebody needs to write a book about his life or make a documentary. I th- I don't know if a book would work. The book would work if it was Howie writing it or co-writing it. You now need to do a documentary with all the people that ever friggin' knew him talking about Howie Pyro. That's mm. what you need. And it, will we ever get it? I don't know. Mm. But that's something I would like to see personally. So, you know, um, let's we're 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 uh, we're, we're 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 approaching our final descent. We're in winding this conversation. down. Yeah, we're winding down. Uh, let's do this. Let's do the round table thing. I started talking you said you, about yeah, it. Five something, five something you wanted to ask. Yeah, I want to, I, yeah, I want to, let's do this. We did this with Robert and Jason. I really love it. It's five recommendations. You have to pick five records and five movies that you hmm. love deeply and you want to recommend. And as I'm talking right now, I'm hoping both of the Johns are thinking about their picks since mm-hmm. I'm putting them on the spot. Think deep and long about what you want. As five I continue. records and five movies. Five like- records and five and five movies. And here's the thing: wow. we'll start each with the five, the five That's of the tough. records, and then five of the movies, and we'll go That's around. Tough. I'm gonna That's do five tough. too. It's recommendations. It's not your favorite. That's tough. Gonna be the best. No, it's not tough. But you can do re- this. Recommending. Based on what, like best director, that's best no, best... that's just recommendations for the audience. Something that you really love and that you want to recommend. Think, Think about it like this: see. something that you want to turn people on to. That's what mm-hmm. it is. Okay, all right. Five of each. Uh, who wants to go first with the records? We'll start with the records. Does anybody want to go? You first? go first. Uh, I could go. Should I go first, guys? All right. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to try and say things that I didn't say the last time because that would be ridiculous. Um, so, okay. So we talked. I mentioned uh, J. Richard Blood Visions last time of immaculate record. Talk about a record under a half hour. It's, it's more than 20 minutes. It's under a half hour scorching super fast. There's a band somewhere in the Scandinavian area. I don't want to call them Danish and then have them be Swedish. You know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. Uh, I forget what they are. They're some sort of, some sort of Scandinavian something. They're called the Dahmers, and they are the horror version of Jay Retard. And <laughs> they have an EP called The Blood on My Hands EP, but really, you can listen to anything they put out, and it's going to be fucking great. Check them out. They're called the Dahmers. They have a band camp. I can't recommend this band enough. Phenomenal. That's my first pick. Pick number two. I'm going to go with a band called Dog Party. Dog Party is, I think they're, I think it's two girls. And I am a sucker for female fronted bands. I don't know what it is, 
With Me like, too. Just yeah, just love it. We've talked about this, John. I I just love a female fronted band that just knows what they're doing. And Dog Party does two of my absolute favorite Beatles covers. It's on Spotify. They do, um, oh God, what is it? Uh, they do, now I'm blanking on the names of the songs. Uh, oh my God. Oh my God, this is going to bother me. In any case, Seek Out Dog Party. They are absolutely terrific. And I'm going to keep rolling with the female-fronted uh, recommendations. And I'm going to recommend a band called best coast they're kind of popular um uh it's just two people in the band it's a guy and a girl and the girl she's like the singer songwriter front woman she plays guitar and then the dude he plays bass but he also plays guitar he's just kind of like an everyman maybe mm. he's drumming maybe he's playing the bass and they are stupendous and they released i i can't recommend this band enough best coast they put out an album called Crazy for You and then the the best place I think and it's um Beach Boys with a female voice uh doing indie rock and you can't hit a bad song they're just I I recommend all of their records they're they're just that phenomenal and uh dreamy lots of reverb california just stupendous that's called best coast guys check that out uh, my th- what was that? Two picks, that three picks. Three. That was three. Okay, pick number four is going to be. Um, should we keep this female oriented, or are you just coming on? up with new stuff or stuff like all just whatever? Some of it's new, some of it's okay. just whatever. Okay. You're I didn't know what I didn't know what our genre was. If we were no, about it can be. It can be. It can be anything. It can be okay. absolutely anything. Okay. For those of you out there who are Beatle fanatics, I briefly mentioned this on the episode with Robert. That's another cool thing that I love about Robert. The dude is also a Beatles fan like me. And I just like, he can really talk Beatles. Um, I briefly mentioned to him because he brought up Elvis Costello. Elvis Costello and Paul McCartney were songwriting partners in the year 1989. And both of them released songs that they had co-written respectively on McCartney's album, from 1989 called flowers in the dirt and elvis costello has an album called spike that that song veronica is written by by mccartney and uh and i believe his real name is mcginnis or something mcmanus and so somebody put together a spotify playlist of all the songs they wrote it's about 14 songs and it makes an album it's just called mccartney mcmanus or something Mm -hmm. and like i said just seek out spike and seek out flowers in the dirt what i'm really recommending here is this mccartney elvis costello mix that's what i'm really recommending it's great and my last pick is gonna be a real simple one i'm going with tsol's beneath the shadows Hmm. just a phenomenal death rock record Hmm. they were they were super they were pigeonholed as like a hardcore political punk band and then what did they do they put out Dance With Me, which is uh, secretly a death rock album as well. And then they were like, hey, let's get a keyboard player on mm. this. And we're now going to just, we're going to go really outside the box. And they alienated every meathead hardcore mm. fan that they had with this keyboard and created this record that's so outside of the box with songs like Beneath the Shadows, Soft Focus, um, She'll Be Saying, and of course, 
the, their, one of their greatest hits, Wash Away. Um, every single track is good, including an instrumental that I tried to license for my film, Romeo's Distress, and was not able to, uh, called Glass Streets, which is one of the most phenomenal instrumental songs ever written. I can't, I don't know how else to describe it. It's, it makes me feel feelings of elation. It's just a beautiful, a beautiful, haunting, um, wonderful instrumental. Those are my five picks. Who's next? <laughs> I don't know. Because of my insomnia, I have brain fog. But um, all right, I'm John. Of, for, oh, you want to go? You gonna for go current, for current stuff? Uh, believe it or not, you know I like all kinds of music, and I do love female lead singers. Um, but I've been listening to uh, Hennessy lately. Leah Hennessy. She's the stepdaughter of David Johansson. Oh. And, and very interesting. She's she's really cool, and she was in a band called Makeout uh, in the early aughts, which is also okay. a really good band. Um, the uh, the horror movies. Last time we talked, I, 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 the supernatural movie that came out within the last couple of years, and oh, it's escaping me now. Same director as the Summer. Sommer. Steven Sommer? Sommer. What? Steven Something Sommer. Oh, 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 Midsummer. Midsummer. Yeah. That's that's um Ari uh God, what's his last name? Who else did Hereditary? Hereditary. Midsummer. Right. It's Midsummer, but it's spelled with an O. Those are the movies. Midsummer and Hereditary. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, Midsummer. you like both of those. Okay. Yeah. And uh and the Avengers are coming to uh Brooklyn. Go see that show. <laughs> I've a, seen. I have seen the Avengers. Oh, really? The Avengers. Yes, I saw them in Brooklyn about ten years ago, twelve years oh, ago. Wow. Yeah, they played with Spring Horse and this band out of. Oh no, maybe that was a different show. I'm blending them. There's a band called Nervosas, the Nervosas, out of Ohio that were phenomenal as well. But I saw the Avengers. I saw them. It was good. It was a good show. All right. Good. It's good. Um, oh, you know what? The Avengers played with Channel 3. That's when I saw them. That was ah. 2010. They played with Spring Horse. It was Channel 3. It was the Avengers. And I'm trying to remember who else played. There was one other band. Um, and that you was turned me on to the Avengers. Who did? Avengers. John. Avengers. 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 We are the Avengers. <laughs> um, okay, so do you have four more bands or are you just giving us one of each? Uh, oi. John, you go and I'll interject. Okay. <laughs> you know, I I've said this before. I don't listen to a lot of new music. So That's okay. You guys, Whatever you guys, you, want. you guys are talking about guys talking about new stuff. I mean, it, it's hard to say. I mean, five five records that I would recommend to people for like a lifetime of, of listening to music is very tough. Uh, a lot of it a lot of it depends on what I am listening to at the time. Whether I think it's legend worthy, top five. Um, I mean, okay, the first Black Sabbath album. You know, for okay. anyone that wants to know what heavy metal sounds like, you know, um, Alice Cooper's Killer. Okay, you know, one of the, the first record I ever bought. You know, I could say a million. I could say the first Kiss album. I could say the first rate. 
one thing. Okay. It can literally be anything and it doesn't have to be for life. It's just recommendations. Hey, five things you should check out. I recommend to you, Jeff Frummis, to check out Blast the Power of Expression. I will. Tell me how you think. Tell me the name. I'll text Text it to you. Tell me how you think it stacks up to Black Flag. Yeah. Okay. Since we're on that. Since we're on that. They also have a new record too. I don't remember the name of it. It may just be a single, but check it out. So if, if you're into that type of stuff, and they're one of those bands that have just stayed the same since the '80s. So I, I was listening. I was going back as I usually do. We'll go back and listen to old stuff again that I may have either missed or forgotten about for 30 years. Um, honestly, never been a really big Beatles fan. I was always more of a Stones guy. So. Uh, and I know people say, well, Exile on Main Street, but I'm a Sticky Fingers guy over Exile on Main Street. If you're going to listen to the Stones, in my opinion, Sticky Can't Fingers is... Dude is one of the greatest... I mean, open. come on. Even, and, and as a kid, I never liked You Got to, you got to Move, but I, I love it now for its, for its kookiness. You know, just... Uh, I get it now. I didn't get it when I was five or six. I get it now. Mm-hmm. Um, how many did I name? I'm kind of just I going random with it. Uh, hold on. You did Black Sabbath. You did Blast. You did Stones. You did Alice Cooper's Killers. You have one more. I have one more. So that's, yep. a, that's, a, that's a tough one. Um, you could do this. <laughs> you can do this. I don't know. I mean, it's that. There, if we're so just throwing many. out records. I mean, I- all right. Since we've had another conversation we've had, I'm going to throw out Static Age. Put static sure. age in there to That's anybody fine. who's, you know, to anybody who's, who, and I know there's always a, you know, if you're going to, and I think you've had this, you're going to explain the misfits to somebody. Do you give them Earth AD or do you right. give them static age? Right. You know, right. it's very, it's tough. It's I tough. Love bo- I love both records, but again, I always love early stuff better than later stuff. So if I'm going to put somebody onto the misfits, it's going to be static age because and I That's, say walk among us. I say walk among us too. I think walk among us is even even with the live track on it <clears throat> even with violent world which i think is just such kind of like a filler song um considering um I, I think you know it's funny i i love all of all all 54 songs but i think if i had to like rank them i think at the very bottom would be violent world it's just so low on my totem pole <laughs> i just think it's so like pedestrian man i i don't know i i just don't, like don't care and it has nothing to do with the lyrics or anything i just don't think it's a good song. i just don't think it's like cons- uh, compared to all the other misfit songs mm. I, it just it's just at the bottom for me man i don't the know this this plan nine gotta, night there's gotta there's gotta be a there's gotta be a bottom i mean they're not right. all they're not i mean if i never hear last caress again it, it'll be too soon oh man you know, that I mean, that song is that's, like you, I, I love can't, that I can't, so li- I can't. Right, I just can't listen to it anymore. Throwing out records. Uh, yeah. One of my favorites of all time is Amy Winehouse's Back Back to Black. Love right. it. Great. That great just, pick, John. I mean, wow. Cool. Just from the first song to the last, flawless. Uh, and oddly enough, uh, this film documentary sort of not great acting. Movie's not great, but the story is compelling. The Lords of Chaos, right? With uh, the about the bands Mayhem and uh, yeah, Burden. I wrote a review about that movie. Real scary, real life stuff, you know. Yeah, uh, blood curdling, blood curdling. Mm. And you know who played Varg? Uh, they had yeah. a Jew- 
a Jewish actor play Varg, which I loved. That's I thought was so point. amazing. I loved yeah. it. I love that they had a Jewish guy. Even, and Varg was pissed. He was so mad about it. He was fucking Good. furious. Yeah. He, yeah. Um, yeah. Lords of Chaos. Great film. Great film. I, I really, really. You know what I love about that movie? It starts off. This is uh, truth, lies, and everything in between or something. And I just love that they use that to sort of fill in some of the gaps because some of it's like they don't just don't know. No one knows. No one knows what happened between those two guys when I mean, we know, but you don't know how it went down, like apart from what Varg says, because Varg and Varg's a liar, like, you know, so um, you're all over the place, John. You're you're doing records and movies. And (laughs) for a guy who's so meticulous and archival, you're 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 too. you're too all over the board. It's the insomnia. <laughs> we'll blame the insomnia. Yes, we're rounding yes. the two-hour mark. I think let's. I think it's time. Here, I'm your alarm clock. Um, you have two albums and you have two movies. Come on, let you could do this, John. Oh, oh me more? Yeah, you. No. Oh. Do, do do three more albums and then we'll go to John for his movies. Oh boy. Or you want me to go with my movies? You go with your well. Yeah, you go with your movies. Okay, I'm going to do five movies. Ready? Right off the bat, Dog Soldiers, which is Night of the Living Dead with werewolves. It just... Whoa, it's, interesting concept. It's just off... I don't know if you guys have never heard of Dog Soldiers. No, putting it in my oh notes. Oh, my God! You both have to see this film. Uh, directed by Neil Marshall. It's his first film. It's, it is a gem. My favorite-looking werewolves. Better than... <laughs> Any other werewolf, better than the Howling Werewolves, better than American Werewolf in London. They are the best werewolves. And like I said, it's literally a siege movie with werewolves, and it's Night of the Living Dead because they're trapped in a house. It's just so good. It's yeah, the Howling so Werewolves good. were great. And they are, and they, and it's gory, and it's just nuts. It's a nutty, nutty, crazy movie. Dog Soldiers. Can't recommend that enough. All right. That's movie number one. For movie number two, I have the. I'm literally looking at the poster as I'm saying this to you. It's right next to Phantom of Paradise. Um, I think I recommended Mad Max already, and I think I recommended Phantom of Paradise. So, uh, movie number two is gonna be. Oh man, what am I gonna say? What am I gonna say? I'm gonna say. uh, Oh, I was I was about to say one thing, and then I said something. Okay, I'm gonna recommend George Romero's Day of the Dead. And the reason why I'm going to recommend it is for one scene in particular. One scene in particular. um, And that scene doesn't have any zombies in it. If you want to study masterful acting and writing, watch the scene in Day of the Dead when Sarah goes up against Captain Rhodes in the mess hall. And he turns to Steel, of all people, and he says, shoot her dead. And he goes, bang! You're dead. Oh, yeah. And then he says, if you don't shoot that woman, I'll shoot you myself. And it is the it is such a tense standoff. It to me, it's probably the most tense scene of the movie. It doesn't have a single zombie in it. And that's a testament to the masterful filmmaking of George Romero. He just he's just a, a master. For movie number three, am I up to three? Yeah, three. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with The Frighteners by Peter Jackson. Yeah, um, great, this movie great. does not get talked about enough. It is the beautiful thing about The Frighteners is it was produced by Robert Zemeckis. It was supposed to be a Tales from the Crypt movie. 
And it would ended up getting written and directed by Peter Jackson and Zemeckis stepped out of the way because they were just supposed to write it. He was supposed to direct it. And he said, you know what? You guys have such a great vision for this film. I want you guys to direct it. I'm going to step out of the way. And he produced it. And of course, Michael J. Fox is starring in it. So what you end up with is like Ghostbusters meets Back to the Future. It's grisly. Um, it's a crazy balls to the wall story. You're, you're so engrossed in it. And of course, uh, uh, it would be remiss not to mention the, uh, Jeffrey Combs, who plays uh, oh, Herbert West in, in Reanimator. Yeah. He yeah. plays Agent Dammers, and it's he's just a bit character part. And his performance as Agent Dammers in The Frighteners is so good. He chews every single scene. It's like a steak. You just can't <laughs> help but just watch him. Love uh, yeah, just just give just deliver his dialogue. It's just so perfect. And his story and his arc ends up being really, really twisted. I won't give it away for anybody who hasn't seen it. That's mm. the Frighteners. What was that? Number three? God, that was two, four. That was four. That was okay, four. good. That was four. Okay, two more uh one more. Um, for my last movie. What am I gonna pick? What am I gonna pick? I'm gonna pick the last duel by Ridley Scott, and here's why. Uh, it just came out. It's a very interesting story. I love I love uh, Rashomon storytelling. What is Rashomon? It's a film by Akira Kurosawa from the 50s. It's very famous. And basically, it's the same. <laughs> it's the same story told from three points of view. And uh, it's just really, it's oh just God. really great. It's really great. Who is this guy? Uh, I, I love this. I, I actually kind of love this. This is. Right, I'm gonna funny. I'm gonna give you a rapid fire to clean to clear up my my picks. And I'm Do going it. total rapid fire because I'm exhausted. Some, some of my favorites, uh, uh, Pulp Fiction, right? One of the, okay, one of my love favorites it. Of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Jaws, Exorcist, those very uh, you know, Night of the Living Dead, Return of the Living Dead, our favorite, Jeff. Yes. For, oh yeah. For, for music. On the uh, female singers, I love Diane Birch. Speak a little louder. I highly okay. recommend that. Okay. Uh, I love uh, the Dirty Projectors. Bitter Orca. Uh, Ian, Ian McKay's Mac- uh, Egg Hunt from '86. That record's really good. And ESG, a South Bronx story. Cool. Yeah. Love it. Rapid fire. Rapid fire, baby. I love it. Great job, John. <laughs> um. Okay. Next, the other John. John of steel go ahead rapid rapid fire five movies because i did the music already right rapid fire five movies yep staying along with the pulp fiction except i'm going jackie brown okay Mm. okay that's that's my favorite tarantino movie jackie brown um obviously the classics exorcist omen first omen halloween three you know (laughs) obviously one of of my favorites the shining Rosemary's yeah. Baby, I can go on and on and on and on and on and on when, uh, it, comes to, when it comes to horror movies. So, yeah. That's great. That's Email perfect. me if you want more. <laughs> Email him if you want more. Now, I, was Anton LaVey actually a consultant on Rosemary's Baby? I heard he claims that he was. I don't know. Was, Ant- was Anton LaVey in the Kiss float that Warner Brothers made for the Paranoid record in San Francisco or whatever back in 1970? Uh, Who knows? Come maybe. On. All right. No, so Jimmy Mad. 
Okay, question. I would like uh, licorice pizza. Talking about it, it's pizza punk, licorice pizza. I haven't seen it yet. Have the vinyl record, a black vinyl record is like a pizza, right? Black licorice is God. Wait, 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 wait. You're talking about licorice <laughs> pizza, the movie that just came out. Yes. Yeah. I, enjoy, I, I enjoyed that. Okay. Um, oh, Let's man, wrap up, guys. Yeah, yeah. Let, let us wrap up the show. I, I want to thank, I really want to thank Voice of Doom for returning to the show. I, and guys, you are welcome anytime. Anytime you got anything coming out. Wasn't a fourth person supposed to join us? I'm sorry. Wasn't there supposed to be a fourth person in this tonight? I thought there was four people on the invite. Not I can't sure. believe I just remembered that. Oh, no. You know what that is? That's my wife. I put my wife oh, on oh. every single one. But that's how we keep each other like aware of things. So she knows when I have a show, I always invite her. We have a shared Google calendar. So that's how she oh, knows okay. Okay. when I'm doing something or when I have something lined up. That's just my wife. Um, what? Oh, now I remember what I was going to say to you. Um, would you be mad at me if I told you that I think I prefer I prefer Ronnie James Dio doing Ozzy songs over Ozzy doing Ozzy songs? Would I've you heard be you really say mad? Would this make reason. you really upset? No, it doesn't. What do I give a shit? I don't care. Okay, I, 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 I'm not I, trying to be provocative. I just no, legitimately, I know, I, know. I, I, I really enjoy, <laughs> I really enjoy hearing Ian Gillen do Ozzy songs. As crazy as that, okay, you know, and for the '83 Born right, Again tour, really, you are a true. Sa- I mean, you. It sounds like you I'm not. Really a, I'm not. A, I'm stuff. not that. I'm a. I'm a Sabbath fan, but do you go I into just, the tier? Do you go into tire or whatever? <laughs> tire. No, 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 no. <laughs> Listen, I've, I've told you, I've tried to give a lot of that later stuff a chance. Yeah. Some of it is okay, but some of it is just way too ridiculous. You like that Black Sabbath record featuring Tony Iommi. <laughs> the Eternal right. Idol. Right, that's what I'm talking about. That's no, like, no, I think no, that's the, called uh, Tear. No, tier. seven, no, 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 no. Tear was later. The seventh star was Black Sabbath featuring Tony Iommi. Oh, and Then man. it was like... Just then it was crazy. like the eternal idol. Let and go of the name. Just let it go, man. I think he, I mean, I think come he on. tried to, and they wouldn't. They wouldn't let him. I'm a oh, purist. Oh, is that what I'm, it was? It was. It, I thought it was a reverse situation. I'm a, I'm a purist Aussie guy. They should have changed We're, the name, just like Jerry only should have had the Jerry only band. I res- John. It's not a sacred cow for me, but I respect as for someone who is a Sabbath guy. I respect your your feelings on it i i get it i get it listen i'm gonna i'm gonna wrap it up because that could lead into a whole other conversation uh you know what we have to have you oh you know what we have to have you both back on for we have to talk i have this talk with ace von johnson from la guns who who was on uh pizza punk trauma um we had uh we were discussing what makes a band (sighs) what makes a band a band and like when does a band not be a band and like you know, the front man, like it's a fascinating question. Yeah, when is it not a band anymore? Right, right, right. But let's not talk about it now, but next time, next time you guys come on. Yeah, that was, I love those discussions because I love each band is a case study. Like you look at the Vandals versus the Ramones versus Black Sabbath. They're all case studies and every single answer is subjective. You look at Joy Division, all of them are subjective. In any case, guys, go check out PVR. We have the link in the description uh, check out Voice of Doom's Bandcamp. I forgot to put that. That will also be in the description. I want to thank Voice of Doom for coming on. You're welcome anytime. Love these guys. They're fucking Thanks awesome. Thanks for having us. They're playing twice. Check out the new record. Blah, 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 blah. XYZ123. How do we say Thanks, goodbye? Guys. Thank you. I'm, listen, I'm not going to hold you guys afterwards. I'll let you go. 
We'll, we'll, we'll chat. We'll be in touch. Uh, I'm going to go you, right into I'm, the pa- Patreon. I'm going to, I'm going to send yeah. you that blast off, Jeff. Okay. I'll send the blast off guys. Peace, Peace and hair grease and hair grease. You can't comb your hair. Um, we're going to, um, we're, we're going to, we're going to do a little, the little Patreon thing you guys know about the Patreon. Goodbye, Johns. Goodbye, Johns. Bye, guys. Hey guys, what's going on? It's Jeff. So I've decided to make a Patreon. What is Patreon? I don't know how to define a Patreon. Let me look it up. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it very easy for creators to get paid for the things that they're already creating. I want to do it full time. I want this to be my full time job. In my efforts to make that happen, I've set up this platform. Is it going to work? Is it going to be successful? I don't know, but I would rather try and crash and burn than not try at all. The goal is to create enough passive revenue so that I can continue to do this full time uninterrupted. Why? Because I love to do this. I love creating content. I love making videos. I love shooting films. I love doing podcasts. In case you couldn't tell, I love to talk and I never shut the fuck up. (laughs) So right now I've kept the Patreon incredibly simple. There's two tiers and that may change in the future. The Murdergram is a simple way to extend support for all of the hours and hours of free content on the channel for nothing more than a dollar. 38 cents goes to Patreon. What's a buck 38, eh? It's less than a cup of coffee. But it's a great way that you can show support for very little effort. When you divide that dollar 38 by the hours and hours and hours of time spent listening to this endless drivel of content, the dollar cost average works out. Next up is the YouTube casualty for $6.66. (laughs) The YouTube casualty is loaded to the gills. Enjoy the archive ad-free as well as ad-free early access to special docu-style podcast videos, music reaction commentaries, and the like a month before they drop on YouTube, loaded with ads, I might add. You're also going to get exclusive content and behind-the-scenes content that is not available on YouTube or anywhere else. So you get to peek behind the veil. And believe me, there's a couple of choice pieces. Most of all, more than anything, whether you join the Patreon or not, I just want to thank each and every one of you that comes to the channel, that watches all the shows, that leaves comments, that participates that subscribes, that's really the most important thing. This is just trying to find a way to earn a living as an artist. And with that, thank you for my TED Talk. Join the Patreon, because we need you! 66 cents.